All right, welcome in to the Ryan Ripken Show, episode 43. It is Thursday, January. If I do my math right or look at the, the calendar, it's January 4th. Uh, one for one on the night. Here we go. We are rocking and rolling, and we'll go around a little bit, everyone that's tuned in. If you're new to the show, thank you for tuning in. And if you're coming back again, welcome back. You can listen to us on YouTube. We we're live on Twitter or X, we're on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, and then also we're on podcast platforms. I meant to mention that in the past. Zach, don't be so in a rush. We're going to get to well, you. I just yes. don't like that you call it X. I hate when people call so it So that's X. why you wanted, I'm trying to tell people where they could listen to our stuff. You can you listen just to it on Twitter. Okay. Well, Zach, great to see you. But we hey, have Kevin back in the building. Kevin, Thank you for having me. Kevin <laughs> with Locked on Ravens. Yeah, and yes. we got Nick with uh, Nick with Ravens. There you go. <laughs> we have Locked on Ravens <laughs> and no Ravens. The, the actual Ravens. And I'm back. Yeah. So Nick, Nick's back. And for those that don't know, Nick, unfortunately, is out for the season. Tore his Achilles uh, before the season started. Uh, but Nick is a Raven. And Kevin is locked on Ravens covering the team. And they're both together. Both the same person, same height, same height, weight. same build. We're, we're yeah. basically the same, yeah. yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, and uh, then there's Zach, and then where is the rest of our crew here? Because we got a full house tonight, and there they are, Brad and Rocco. Love this. What up? What up? What's up, guys? How, just having a fun what, time here. Wouldn't miss a uh, wouldn't miss a Ryan Ripken show for the world. Oh, crazy, <laughs> crazy. Do we really? Yeah, that's that is wild. I'm surprised Rocco even still remembered the login. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> well, welcome back, Rock. Yeah. Brad, great seeing you as always. Hey guys, we got we got a kind of lot to talk about here, so we'll we'll dive into it. Uh Nick, I think you were getting the news about this coming down here. Um Dalvin Cook is where we're gonna start this conversation, right? Because what's spicier than Dalvin Cook? Coming to Baltimore, released by the Jets, officially signing with the Ravens. And uh, Nick, uh, initial reaction. I mean, I'm excited. I think he's a great player, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't be excited for a guy like that to join the team? Uh, I did find out about it right when <laughs> I got here about 30 minutes ago. So I, you know, I broke the news, news to, to Nick yes. in, the, in the elevator. Yeah. Not only did I break you the news that the Ravens signed Dalvin Cook, you yeah. didn't even know the Jets released no, I'm, him. I'm a little bit behind on some of that <laughs> stuff. Um, but no, I'm, I think it's great for us. We yeah. add some depth to the running back position. Uh, he's a superstar talent, so I'm excited to see him play. And, and Kevin, so walk us through a little bit because we know exactly, and actually then we'll get Rocco, reporter Rocco in in a, in a moment here to talk about it. But so Dalvin Cook essentially was had his, had his choices and chose Baltimore. Why? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance for a Super Bowl. I mean, we, we all know it. The Ravens are in position to do that right now. And they signed him to the practice squad. He has an opportunity maybe to get called up over these last couple of weeks if they need it. But their depth is really good. I mean, Gus has been awesome all season. Justice Hill has provided a spark for him. It's not like they needed to bring in Dalvin Cook, but you always want to dot your I's and cross your T's and just make sure your roster is set. And this is, I think, a great move for the Ravens, especially when it comes to what Baltimore can do moving forward. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, you know, not saying that they needed it. They've proven you know, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, like we said, have played tremendously, uh, especially with the loss of Keaton Mitchell. And if you go back, you know, obviously J.K. Dobbins being lost for the season. The Ravens just keep going, but we do know you do need some death. Depth. Rocco, because you just had to work all the way around. Let's see if we can get Rocco in here for a moment. Um, talk to us, because you've been – you just had to jump in there uh, – 
pretty frantic scene, but it seems like people are very excited though about this. Um, it's not necessarily maybe the, the sexy move that everyone wants this late in the season, but this is a guy that is still a talented player despite a tough season with the Jets. No, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head right there, Rip. And this is a move that you see teams that are in contention for a Super Bowl make this late in the season. Adding a veteran like Dalvin Cook, who just got released from the Jets, and Cook's agency, LAA Sports Entertainment Agency, it is the same agency that reps Zay Flowers and J.K. Dobbins. So they have their ties to the Ravens. Dalvin Cook, he just posted the picture with him and Zay Flowers on on, I like to call it Twitter too, Zach. I, you know, Thank I don't you. call it Thank X either, you. but that's just me. But you look at Cook and he's been buried on the Jets' depth chart. And that might be the case as well here in Baltimore, but they're not going to sign him. Eric DaCosta is not going to make this signing if he doesn't feel like Dalvin Cook can truly help this team out. I just want to real quick go over some numbers here from this season because I just put this up on our show compared to last. Um, 15 games with the Jets compared to 17 last year with the Vikings. With the Vikings last year, he had eight rushing touchdowns, 1,173 yards, 264 carries. This season, he's had 67 carries for 214 yards, no touchdowns. But you look at who the Jets have at running back, and he's he's not going to be the guy. They did pay him the money. They paid him that $6.3 million plus dollar contract. But what Dalvin Cook can bring to the Ravens is an extra body, depth of the running back position, like Nick said, and I think this is a great signing for Baltimore and potential to work out. You get him for three games in the postseason, and he can kind of do his thing. I saw someone say that in the chat. Adit, like, that could be huge. He was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. I mean, yep. it's not – and he had, I believe, over 260 receiving yards, 10 total touchdowns. He was buried on the Jets team that kind of after Aaron Rodgers went down – they wanted to give Brees Hall a bigger workload. They wanted to see what they had in the young guy. And I think I saw earlier, Jets had a bottom five offensive line last this year. So it is hard. No one on the Jets besides Brees Hall was really doing anything. So I'm not too concerned. We might not even see him get activated. I mean, this isn't like a signing that he's coming in and being running back one this Saturday. It's going to take time. He's going to be here for insurance. And it's house money. I mean, if he sits on the practice squad, mm -hmm. if he's Dalvin Cook, comes up and helps. If he's gets here and it's like, oh, maybe he doesn't have the same burst. Just on the practice yeah. squad, he doesn't have to act be activated. Yeah, we still, I mean, we still have Melvin Gordon on yeah. our practice squad right. too. So right. he's still in the mix. I know mm -hmm. some guys will probably get some opportunities this week with um, this game not really outside of it being the Steelers. You know, we've already kind of set ourselves in the playoffs with uh, the number one seed in the buys. So. It'll be interesting to see who gets the gets the rock this weekend. Yeah, you yeah. know, I want to ask you real quickly, Nick, because you're in the locker room. You see the the every professional athlete, specifically football players. You know, it's a long year, and you're getting beat up. We're in week 18, right? So your your body has has been through the ringer essentially with all this. So from a perspective on the running backs, because you see that, is this something that you think with the group that they have right now? that this is a comfortable spot for the Ravens. And I, I'm with you guys. Gus the bus is running well, Justice Hill, everything. But you, that is a, it's a taxing toll to go through it. I mean, you can keep, even allude to that a little bit more. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're right with that. The um, playing running back in the National Football League, I couldn't imagine what that's like because I get beat up playing long snapper, you know, and it's, it's nothing compared to playing running back. Um, so anytime you can add a guy of that caliber to the roster – 
gives you that extra depth. He can do a bunch of different things. He's kind of like a Justice Hill, mm-hmm. can catch, can run, can pass, can pass block and do all that stuff. So, you know, having him is huge. And then, like you said, I mean, guys, you know, Gus is playing really, really well this year. And Justice, both of them have been, you know, pretty serious injuries in, two years ago. Yeah. Um, so anytime that they can maybe get a, mm-hmm. a little bit of time off and – in a game like this, and and then have bye week next week, kind of get two weeks, potentially three weeks from game to game for them. Yeah. Um. You know that's just going to help them in the long run because you know the goal is to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So whenever you get um get that extra time is great. So I think it's I think it's a great move by Eric. You know, bringing in a guy like Dalvin Cook, and if he is Dalvin Cook, he's Dalvin yeah. Cook. You know, and if he's not, then <laughs> no harm, no foul. Yeah. You know? it's, it is what it is. Yeah. But I think the. We can only get positives from that, and I'm excited for it. It's like that uh, mystery box. It's like Dalvin Cook could be anything. He could even yeah, be Dalvin right. Cook. 100%. Like, it really is like that. You don't know what you're going to get, but it really could be just you got a 1,000 yards back, mm-hmm. and he's got, I think, less than 50 carries this year. So it's not yeah. like he's took on a big workload. So fresh legs for the playoffs are never a bad 67 thing. 67 carries this season, so a little more. How many? Right. 67. 67. Uh, 67. I'm just completely wrong. So with that, with that having the quote unquote fresh legs, the one question, one question I have then, Kevin, for you upcoming here is with that, and Nick alluded to the fact that they're gonna he's gonna have some time to get acclimated. It would have been really great to see him get in action here for this game to you know get your feet wet. But having two to three weeks to get used to a whole different offense ultimately might be the best move if he is gonna play a part in this team in the postseason. Yeah, it gives them buffer time. I mean, you're able to work, go in the locker rooms, be in the meetings, be around mm-hmm. the team, and, you know, you don't have to have the pressure of playing a game early, and that's big. And, you know, rotations across the league, running backs have been – it's big nowadays mm-hmm. where, you know, Gus isn't getting 25 carries a game, and then, you know, Justice is getting this. You know, they all play a role. And I think with Dalvin, yeah, the fresh legs and fresh carries, to have that in a situation now where you have these couple of weeks to heal up, to rest up, I mean – no one's 100% healthy at this point in the season with football. You, you get just hit after hit after hit. So for Dalvin, he's going to be able to come in and make an impact. And again, you're right. He doesn't have to be relied upon as this 100-yard per game rusher or someone that comes in and has to take on this full workload and pressure of being a running back one mm-hmm. at this stage because the Ravens have that depth and they have the solid players to do it. So it's an exciting move because you don't have to rely on him because you have so many other weapons, not only at running back, but obviously the entire offense has been clicking recently. We know that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of versatility. And by the way, Tone, I was wondering this exact thing. What does it mean if he ends up being Dalvin Cook? That's just that's a that's a Zachism. Yes, it it, it, it means that we're gonna know if he's Dalvin Cook. I'm just gonna put it this <laughs> analysis. I know. Analysis. Yeah, yeah, analysis. No, Dalvin Cook. You'll understand is like. If we get his full potential, it's a guy that out of the backfield can make plays when you get him the ball in space, whether that's a handoff, screen play, just completely running a route out of the backfield. He is one of the most dynamic running backs we've seen in the league the past five years. And it is really funny because he is a thousand yard rusher last year. He was someone that a lot of people wanted over the offseason. And then he just got buried on the Jets depth chart. So if we can get a Dalvin Cook who can go off and get 50 to 60 yards a game, incredible. Yeah, I think versatility is the key yeah. right there, right? Versatility, being able, because we're looking at Gus can catch the ball out of the backfield, but everyone knows him as the bus. He's going to be in between the tackles, run hard. Then there's Justice Hill, the third down back, can make things happen 
and, and he can obviously, you know, get goal line carries, but usually it's going to be Gus the bus in that, mm-hmm. in that standpoint. But Dalvin cook does, does it all. Uh, hey, for fun here, out of, out of curiosity, because we never really get asked this question, Nick, or you probably never get asked this question. <laughs> I've never what, been asked this. What question. would what would be your go to <laughs> touchdown celebration? That is a great question. Um, depending on how I scored the touchdown, I would probably panic um, right when I got in the end zone. If it was like a a scoop and score, I'm not really sure what I would do. Um, my heart wants to say I would like throw the ball all the way up to the top of the bleachers, but. My bank account would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's your dream? What, what's the scenario for you? What's the um, dream scenario? M- most realistic scenario for me is is uh, going down the field. For me, it would be like lay the returner out, knock the ball loose, go pick <laughs> it up, run over the returner, run it in again. for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, over yeah do, it, do it twice um, and get in the end zone. And then I would probably, you know, join with the guys, maybe do something funny. We've never really practiced anything. I could see, the boat. Yeah, I could see JT oh. coming off the bench, JT9 trying to make an appearance um, off the bench. Um, Stout would definitely be in there for sure. We'd probably do some choreographed dance that we've been working on for three years now. For that one moment, but you yeah, haven't that, started on that case. yet. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you got to always have something in your arsenal yeah. just in case. So do you guys like the three of you, are you like, okay, if one of us scores, this is what we're going with? Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny those allegations. Um, <laughs> let's just say if we ever score, it'll be fun. I am so excited. <laughs> now you have to it's, do it. Now I you know. Have to do it. There's been one long snapper touchdown in like as long as I can remember it in all of football, and that was last year at Vanderbilt. Uh, the punter muffed the ball in the end zone, and the long snapper picked it up. And like he muffed it. I want to say he was like maybe on the five or ten, and they you know they were fumbling around for the ball yeah. ball gets in the end zone long snapper ends up on top of it still counts on the stats yeah and i i saw him this summer we we did a little workout uh up in nashville this summer at vanderbilt and i was like oh, it was a bunch of long snappers and we're all like so how was it like what 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 was it like <laughs> to score a touchdown you know because <laughs> i've done it in practice in high school but like nothing you know real yeah and he's like dude i i just panicked i can't i was like i couldn't believe i had the ball in my hands and i'm I standing in the end zone like i didn't know what to do it's like that ricky bobby scene where he's like i don't know what to do with my so hands and he that, just does that. <laughs> that was my point what if is that the celebration someone's interviewing oh, you yeah. and you just have the hands rise i mean that would 100 i would be like a deer in the headlights in that real time situation I would probably I'm worried I would try to do the worm and I can't do the worm. <laughs> like I think I would just, just panic. Yeah, like be like what do you do and like just automatically go to the worm and it would look horrible. Well, thank God we don't yeah. have to have to are you see what could happen. I'm not Are you saying my chances of making the NFL are slim to none? We hate to There is the a game. chance. Yeah, we're okay. saying there's a chance, but it's yeah. pretty low. Yeah. I apologize Austin if I didn't give you a the specifics that you wanted, but uh, that was the best I could come up with. Uh, curiosity, Zach, have you ever watched Dumb and Dumber? Yes. So you actually know the quote then, so you're telling me that, like, so oh, so one, one, like one in a hundred? Yeah. We're like one oh, yeah. in a million. <laughs> yeah. I think if, you know, I just start stretching every day and like somehow get insane athleticism overnight, what, I think there's a chance. What position are you playing? I would probably be like a jump ball wide receiver. I've uh, caught one touchdown my entire life. It was in eighth grade. And it was the same thing. I've just panicked. And I knew the ball was coming to me. It's a one-yard score. And I actually ran through the end zone because I was so scared that I wasn't in the end zone, even though we were on the two-yard line. I ran five yards, caught it. And I didn't know if I was really in the end zone. So I looked like a dumbass well, just running see, through the back of the You, you were like Forrest Gump, just yeah, ran. Just, yeah. you just kept it on was running. like a muddy field. Yeah. I just grabbed it. I was like, I don't know if I'm really in the end zone. I just ran yeah. out the back. And everyone's like trying to chase me. And I'm like, what's going on? And I realized it was my teammates trying to celebrate. Yeah. I was like, oh. 
The Ravens have had some pretty hype uh, touchdown celebrations this year. Yes. Zay, I think that I haven't been at practice. Um, I'm doing my own rehab and stuff, but I think they're choreographing these because, like, <laughs> Zay's Zay's touchdowns, uh, I, uh, both Zay's, really, Isaiah and Zay Flowers, and then Odell with his dances, they got to be. Like, guys, come on. We're, we're did, practicing these Did you, these did you hate practice. the Flowers the, when he threw No, no, no. I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't. Because Lamar did not like it. Yeah, Lamar hated that. He probably thought it was I'm, I'm, a weak dance. Yeah, it was but just it, kind of tough. Zay Flowers. Not enough people joined I, I liked in. It. I liked the bouquet. It. I, yeah, yeah I, cool. I just don't think it wasn't a. Not enough people got involved, so it was just like he yeah. threw it back, and Odell was just standing there. They I mean, did that. A, that was not on the same page. Let's yeah, be honest. That yeah. one was not on the same page. But now it's got me thinking about the San Fran ones were. Ooh. They were they were locked. Yeah, no, they had Christmas. They, they on. had they had practiced those for Christmas. And they were ready to go. Oh, when Zay immediately went and stole the gifts, I was yeah. like, that wasn't yeah. last second thought. No, that was yeah. planned. Yeah. That and that's that that is what a championship caliber team does. They choreograph so when they score, they know what they're doing at all times. And hopefully that continues into the postseason. We're gonna dive more back into some Ravens discussion later in the show because that's what we do. But we have some other spicy topics for those that are tuning in. Uh, we got locked on Ravens, Kevin Ostriker in, in here. We have Ravens. Long snapper Nick Moore hanging out. We have uh, uh guy who talks into a microphone, Zach Bollinger, hanging out as well. <laughs> He's a full-time talker. Yeah, full-time talker, All right. part-time watcher. That's your good kid. And we got Rocco and Brad behind. And there's Rocco. See, Rocco, we know. Brad, uh, you know Rocco, there. quick question. You ditched the tie pre-show. What yeah. was behind that? Uh, I like to be free. I like to kind of uh, let the chest you look great. Ooh, you look, you look great. Like, yeah, got really offended. Yeah. I just was wondering. What I'm, I'm not. I'm not sweatshirt. offended at all. I'm just no, saying. it's okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Wish I could wear a sweatshirt like you and a hat. It'd be nice. Yeah, yeah we're gonna work I'm on not. dress code etiquette. Dress yeah. code. Yeah, etiquette we need here. to come no, up with the. Me and I got, I got some polls. With a hoodie. Oh, we got polls. We got polls, Brad. What we got before we move on to the next subject? So the first poll I pulled out was while we were talking about Dalvin Cook. I asked if he is instantly better because he's on the Ravens versus the Jets, and literally not one person said no. So maybe that was a terrible poll. Um, There's a boost. But I do have one uh, that I think is going to be, and and Nick, you can stay out of this if you want to, because I feel like it could be controversial. But it's uh, I just asked about sitting Lamar. Like I said, is sitting Lamar Jackson this week versus the Steelers the right call? And I, I, you know. I'm basing this off of 2019, right? Where like everybody sat, uh, you know, when uh, the Ravens had the one seed that year. So just a conversation that I feel like we could have when uh, we circle back around the Ravens. But uh, right now, 82% feel like sitting Lamar Jackson is a mistake. So mistake. Well, we we will dive more into that when we get into the Ravens discussion. As far as dress code, Joe. Uh, you know what? I think I look good in this shirt. We, is Nick and black I apparently shirt. almost black. wore I almost wore a black colored shirt, but I knew in the back all, of my heart that Ryan was going to wear it. This is the second week in a row that Nick has worn like a super dope hoodie. Oh, oh his shirt. Just, we just got yeah. this one. I love this. Is my favorite one. It's yeah. black and slimming on camera. He also has the <laughs> underneath. He's wearing the controversial oh, uh, Daryl Worley. Got to show it. Got to show it. It's I Lamar almost, Jackson in the FSU hat oh, that Daryl Worley handed out. <laughs> Lamar, <laughs> Lamar hated it. Lamar was doing everything to get that out of the locker room. That's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Lamar Jackson's my quarterback. That's amazing. Hey, he is my quarterback, all right? I love it. We're, we're putting it on IG. Yeah, we. this is what we love. All right, we're going to dive back, back more into some Ravens discussion, but we got to go around some spicy topics that specifically are going to be NFL-related for this one. Uh 
one that's upcoming for me, and this is leading in from one spicy topic to the other. We know where we also all watch the college football playoffs, and you saw Michael Penix Jr. light it up against Texas, and so now everyone's thinking, well, wait a minute, could he be the number one overall pick? So we're going to go around and ask in a second, but let's talk about the team that's going to have the number one overall pick, and that is the Chicago Bears. And Justin Fields and the Bears have been playing pretty well. Surprisingly, they are possibly going to finish the season 8-9, and nine, the same record as the Green Bay Packers. If they win, it would knock the Packers out of the playoffs, I believe, and Justin Fields and the Bears are feeling really good. But the comments initially that I want to bring up, first off, Justin Fields has uh, was asked about what it was like going into play Green Bay, and it doesn't seem like you know it's, it doesn't mean to be offensive, but I don't think Green Bay people in Green Bay are necessarily going to like this comment because they might think their town is a great place to visit. So we're going to play that real quickly for you. Just Justin Fields' comments on on what the atmosphere in Green Bay is going to be like. Doing Green Bay because I watch football, but um, uh, it's going to be a great environment to us for us to play in, and uh, you know, hopefully, have a great game and get the dub on Sunday. So, so just like that, that's going to spark some controversy. And and if you're the Bears and you well, win this what game, was that? What, hold on, what was that noise? Uh, I was. Oh, sorry, shaker. that was my shaker bottle. <laughs> that was on me. <laughs> Just sound like somebody's taking a leak in the background. Cool but... for that, okay, bro. Oh, we all made eye contact. I, 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 I barely heard it, and I was like, "Nobody heard that." <laughs> <laughs> he looked over, me and him were making eye contact. <laughs> sorry, sorry, back, back to it. This is this is this was a terrible, uh, terrible. You decision. said we we're gonna have fun tonight. I don't yeah, know. I, no, no, no. Brian, 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 Brian having fun. Oh. I put that we had a fun show plan, and Ryan was like. <laughs> No fun tonight. I mean, we're having a blast. Yeah. We're having a great time. Good times. Well, you know who's having a good time, though, even the, despite that half the, the, the verdict's not out on if Ju uh, Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, he's still going out and ball out. So mm -hmm. he's having fun that they're playing better and he's playing better. And I just want to show a clip here. This touchdown to DJ Moore in their last game against the Atlanta Fal Falcons. This is a dime. A little, hey, how you doing? That is that is money. We're It's, it's so good, I'm going to play it again. Let's run the tape again, right? Whammy. In the snow, too. In the snow. He's got a cannon. He really oh, does. No, he does. I played with him one year at Georgia. He's got a really good arm. Okay. Oh, so Nick, yeah, he's whoa, got a great Nick. arm. I he's forgot about arm. that. Nick. My senior year at Georgia, uh, Justin was that was the controversial year where he was there and yeah. we were playing Jake Fromm. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Justin's super talented. Um, you know, he hasn't had necessarily that much as much success as I think people were hoping for him. Mm -hmm. When he first got to Chicago, but they they were in a rebuild kind of. I mean, mm -hmm. they they needed some pieces to add to their thing, and they get a guy like DJ Moore. And now, you know, they were struggling at the beginning, but I mean, so we're yeah, everyone's struggling. Yeah, I mean, it's NFL is NFL for yeah. a reason, you know. And I think Justin's kind of getting comfortable, getting in his own, and he's played the last like eight eight or nine games has been unbelievable. So that's half the season, and yeah. if he can build on this going into next year, I don't. I don't think you do anything with him. I think you get, get him, him a Marvin Harrison Jr. tight. hundred exactly. percent. You oh. get another wide receiver add with DJ Moore. Yeah. Wide receiver offensive yeah. line. I think you're set there. Yeah. So I, this is the question what I want to bring up here. And I actually have the specific tweet that I wanted to mention that Denver Broncos 365. So it's at De uh, Daily Broncos. And if I'm continuing to learn how to use this stream yard, right? You guys ready to see a little shared screen action? Uh, whammy. Here we go. And so I still got it. All right, 
the 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 caption right here is Michael Penix is the type of quarterback you don't draft and regret. Like Lamar Jackson, trust your eyes. Okay? So that's why I want to bring this up and I will stop sharing the screen now and we'll go back to the full full uh panel. full screen, full panel. I'm really intrigued about the game in Chicago with Chicago and Green Bay. I think Justin Fields, I personally want to see him stay. Take out the contracts mm -hmm. aside. I think that there's confidence there. He has playmaking ability. He's not going to be, when we talked about last episode, he's not that, you know, the the quick read, get it out of your hands quickly, like we mentioned, like with Brock Purdy or some of the other quote-unquote pocket passers, but he can extend plays. He can throw the deep ball extremely well. And you saw he can put some velocity on the football and make some dimes of throws like he has the DJ Moore. So, guys, Michael Penix is balling out right now. And, and I know the one thing that's being held against him is age. And that's the next thing I'm going to pick up. But, uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Should Michael Penix be the quarterback? If there's going to be the first quarterback taken off the board, should it be Michael Penix Jr. over the other ones like Caleb Williams and Drake Matt? No. No, it shouldn't. I mean, as much as I agree – Michael Penix should be a top five pick. I think he should be a top three pick. He's one of the top quarterbacks. If I would say he's top two quarterback in the draft, I just think Caleb Williams' talent is still just so like he Caleb Williams does those things athletically as well, where he almost has a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson effect where it's the wow factor. It's the how did he get out of that? He creates plays with his legs and can still find guys downfield. I think they're going to be end up being pretty even in when it's all said and done, Williams and Penix. But like you said, the age thing does concern me. I think he he turns 24 in, what, a few months, two months. So, I mean, definitely an older quarterback. But I don't know. I would still go Caleb Williams. Yeah, so before we even get going more, I want to bring Rocco on to give you – if Kevin and Nick need a second to think. But, Rocco, we talked about this. The ages of quarterbacks for rookies going or going into their rookie season, that's kind of been talked about because not only is Michael Penix one of the oldest ones, I think he'll be 24, mm. it's those injuries with yeah. him. But do you have – I think you have the list, Rocco, of – the other ages of, of quarterback. I thought, I thought you had it. I thought, I thought that was a tweet you grabbed. Well, I did, but I also, you know what? Uh, spoiler alert, check the private notes, Rocco. Good kid, Rock. But anyway, I got it for you guys. <laughs> this is why I'm here. All right. So Michael Penix Jr. is going to be 24. Caleb Williams, 22. Uh, Quinn Ewers is going to look like he's going to go back to Texas at the moment. He's 21. Drake May is 22. Then you have Bo Nix, 24, J.J. McCarthy, 21. So you get the point. It's just that the age of 24, Rocco, when we're looking at what some of these other young quarterbacks are doing, you know, in the across the NFL, there are starting quarterbacks in the NFL that are younger. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a big question mark that a lot of teams are, are looking at. But should that be overlooked? Because it should just be about your play on the field. And the reason why I bring this up context, Justin Fields is 24 right now. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that's something, Rip, that GMs are definitely going to look at when it comes to, I mean, when it factors in. Um, 
Michael Penix, his talent is unbelievable. Just like watching him, the eye test, if we're talking about not passing up on a guy and you're going to regret passing up on him if you do, he was throwing darts out there on the field, like pinpoint accuracy. Um, the one touchdown late was just an absolute laser. And it, it, it was beautiful. As a football fan, I mean, that that was amazing to watch. Now, I will say this. There's going to be some recency bias there from us mm -hmm. and from everybody currently watching Michael Penix and what he's doing because Caleb Williams isn't playing. He didn't play in his ball game. His season's over and he's waiting. He's working right now. The age, it, it could definitely play a factor. Like to answer your question, of course, because GMs are going to look at that. But the talent's there, man. I don't think this is a guy that, that should go outside of the top 10 picks. I think he is a surefire top 10 pick and should be. His talent's there. I mean, he he can get it done, and he's a winner. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in the national championship game against, against Michigan and how he approaches that defense. And then we'll probably have this conversation again. But right now, I would agree with Zach. Caleb Williams, he's probably going to be the first quarterback taken, and I, I believe he should be. But Michael Penix shouldn't be too far behind. So then that leads kind of Nick because you, you've been in locker rooms with guys and from talent that you you realize this player is so tremendous, but also leadership. I mean, I, right now when I look at Michael Penix Jr. or Big Penix Energy, as Desmond Howard would say on <laughs> College Game Day Electric, there's something to that mentality when you have a quarterback that, is, that you gravitate towards. And I mean, you see it here in Baltimore, but is that something that NFL teams should consider – when they're picking the franchise quarterback for their, they hope it's going to be the next decade. I, I definitely think they do. I, um, you know, I'm, I wasn't sold on Penix just because they play in the PAC 12 and they're not typically known for having really good defenses. Um, I know he lit it up, but you know, there was three or four or five other quarterbacks in that conference that lit it up as well. But after watching him this past weekend or uh, on Monday against Texas, against the defense that was top 10 in the country in, in several different categories. And then they also handled Alabama at Alabama. And, you know, they've they been – they were pretty much dominant in the Big 12. Um, I think Michael Penix definitely boosted, you know, himself and, and put himself in a conversation that, you know, Caleb Williams, part of your job as a quarterback is to win football games, especially at this level. I mean, guys get criticized all the time for – What's Lamar's knock? We don't, he doesn't win in the playoffs. Like mm -hmm. he doesn't win. You know, it's the quarterback that doesn't win. And you were preseason, what, number three, I think, at USC. And then they finished seven Unranked. and five yeah. and, and barely got into a bowl game at the end of the year, mm -hmm. lost to Arizona and some other teams that weren't very good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not to say that Caleb Williams isn't still the most talented quarterback in college football, but. Michael Penix was throwing some absolute yeah. dimes. Mm -hmm. and he, and he has. He did in the Oregon game in the Pac-12 championship, too, against Bo Nix, who everybody thought he was a shoe-in winning the Heisman with all the, you know, with mm -hmm. all he did this year at Oregon. And Michael Penix goes in there and outplays the guy that everybody thought for sure was going to win the Heisman at that time, anyway. And I'm like, what more do you want? Yeah, he's two years older than Caleb Williams, and he's older mm -hmm. than some of the guys in the league. I get it. But Tom Brady played till he was 45. Not saying he's going <laughs> to yeah. play till he's 45. That's an awkward comparison. Mm -hmm. But even A-Rod's a 40, 39. Yeah. Matt Stafford's got to be, you know, what, 37, yeah, 38, 36, something like that. Joe Flacco's 39. Yeah, guys are playing till 40, nearing 40, especially 
as much as they're protecting the quarterback with how much they can get hit, where they can get hit, how hard they can get hit, they can't even get landed on anymore. Yeah. So this is, um, two years isn't to me. It's Stafford, not that big of a Stafford's deal. Stafford's thirty-five. Okay, yeah. so yeah, just found out he me and him have the same birthday. Oh, where nice. he wow. Hey, good. congrats, man! That's awesome. Oh my god, thank you. Really guys. good. Really good. Thank you. This is the argument that I've I've actually been trying to make uh, since Caleb since we actually talked about Caleb Williams being the number one overall pick uh, earlier in the season, and it really kind of came on the heels of how Caleb Williams actually loses. And uh, so I thought that you brought up a good point, Nick, as far as like. Uh, you know, quarterbacks that win. And, and Michael Penix Jr. is that guy who just keeps winning. And his maturity level, I think, also plays a factor when it comes to GMs. And we've seen kind of like th- these outlandish emotional reactions from uh, from Caleb Williams. And you, you have to wonder, right, like if you're a GM, putting your GM cap on, you have to wonder, like, what are your leadership qualities going to be? Is it going to be all about you because of, you know, the way that we've kind of seen him display himself on and off the field? Do, do those things come into to play and are they cause for concern? And for me personally, I would rather have a guy like uh, Penix who plays his ass off and then also kind of, uh, you know, is shows that leadership um, and, and doesn't really react with, with so, so much emotion that it's becoming a distraction. That, 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 that's kind of where I'm coming from uh, on the whole situation. Yeah. You know, the other part that I was thinking about and Actually, there's another quarterback that that came on the scene later. Yes, he didn't have the injury history, but he led one of the best college teams, arguably the best college team in 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 the history, and especially people with down south would would think so in in Louisiana. But Kevin, uh, you have an idea of which quarterback I'm referring to? Joe Burrow himself. And Joe Burrow, I believe, was 23, 24. Yeah, I think he was definitely older. Yeah. So that yeah, he's because he's older than Lamar Jackson. Correct. So he's 27 right now. He's drafted in 2020. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at this, right? It was 2020. I'm not losing my mind. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. So Kevin, we're talking about this, and Joe Burrow completely changed the franchise for for the Bengals. Yeah, I think when you're talking about teams drafting quarterbacks, I mean, it is such a big decision. Like mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it, and I think sometimes teams can just one overlook things, but two, I think that sometimes they just they get they try to play it safe in their mind when in reality they should just take the guy that's the best fit and i see a good comment about michael Penix here from allen that he thinks Penix is closer to his prime than some of the other quarterbacks and could win earlier in the mm-hmm. right situation some of those throws that we saw against texas those were nfl throws yeah those were times yeah, absolutely and so when you look at like the landscape of what these teams are a team that i've talked about forever is the falcons have like Every they have Bijan and Drake London and so Kyle much Pitts. they need to so use much you get, get them get a quarterback, right? Yeah. And so could that quarterback be Michael Penix? I think in the right situation, Michael Penix can thrive. But again, mm-hmm. it's like what we've talked about this with Lamar, where what if Lamar doesn't go to Baltimore? The Ravens believed in Lamar no. and they trust Lamar and they change their entire system, their entire offense for him. I think that Michael Penix is someone where you can plug in and he can perform. But I think a spot like Atlanta would be really good for him just because of where he is in his career right now. And I wouldn't I wouldn't play this. I think if you're mm-hmm. looking at injuries and looking at the age, it's a factor. I'm not saying it's not. And I think it should be. But, yeah, we just talked about it. Guys are playing later. And I think that if you're going to discount a guy and knock his grade down half a round or a full round because of that, I think that's not fair mm-hmm. to him because you're potentially losing out on that potentially generational talent just because of things that are factors, but I don't think should be as big factors moving yeah. forward. 
I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And that and that's the part of it. At the end of the day, it's you can you have a quarterback that you think is gonna push your your team to the next level. It doesn't matter with the age. I get it. Maybe it's not with Brandon Whedon when the Browns took him and there was a significant age gap. We're talking about a <laughs> that was yeah, crazy. Talk, talk about yeah, age, that yes. was crazy. That's, now, that was the Browns. Different. That yeah. was the Browns. That he was what thirty can, years old. He was like twenty. He was twenty-eight years old. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the Browns. Uh, yeah, that was the Browns being the Browns. Well, be, was, Zach, what, Zach, what did we say? Zach, what did we uh, say earlier? Yeah, it was teams took. What were teams, we were talking took, about, uh, teams took. Or, uh, teams took a chance on Brandon Whedon. I think that's that's what I said. And what did you say? I said, no, teams did not take a chance on Brandon Whedon. The Browns <laughs> took a chance on Brandon Whedon. There's a massive difference when we're yep. talking about. Yeah, he was the oldest player ever taken at 28 years old. I just, um, <laughs> I will say, Caleb, Caleb Williams crying in his mom's arms to after that loss to Brad was like, you know, on draft day where they have to ask Callahan why none of his teammates showed up to his birthday party. And like, that's the big thing. Like, we can't draft him because his teammates hate him. Like Brad saw Caleb Williams crying in his mom's arm and he was like, undraftable. That was it. That was it. He <laughs> was like, undraftable. It wasn't even just, it was, it was that. And then he continued to, to cry. Well, after. it was when he said they wanted to go home and cuddle with his dog. Brad yes. was disgusted. He was like, you should be in the film room after that. <laughs> yeah, Brad, Brad, Brad forever is, is out on Caleb Williams being the number one overall pick, but someone's going to take him talented player. For sure. But at the end of the day, the end of the day, the goal is to win games. The goal Rocco. is what's up, Rock? So since he's drawing, like, I mean, his name gets brought up with Mahomes, Caleb Williams. Like, it's mm -hmm. he's getting a lot of those comparisons and whatnot. I do want to say this. Winning in college or losing in college doesn't necessarily always translate to the NFL, depending on the situa situation. And I, I wanted to look up Mahomes' record in college. At Texas yeah. Tech, and I know it's Texas Tech and USC. They're two completely different programs, and the expectations were so high for USC this year. People were talking about them like they were going to be a national championship team. But I just want to put this out here. Mahomes' record in college was 13-19. and 19. His best season in Lubbock came in 2015 when Texas Tech went 7-5 and five in the regular season. So I'm just saying. So, but also, with at least with Patrick Mahomes, is that he went – to the best possible situation mm -hmm. that he could. Yeah. You went to the, the team that has arguably the best offensive head coach in the NFL, offensive mind, and then also got to sit behind a yeah. very solid veteran quarterback with in Alex Smith and help develop him. It might Caleb, not be a bad idea with Caleb. Yeah, so, I mean, but that's the part. is the number one that's, overall yeah. pick. It's yeah. going to be a team that's desperate, mm -hmm. and you better have the right pieces in place. Mm -hmm. Now, if it is Chicago, Chicago, these next moves, we'll find out. We'll dive more into that, but we wanted to bring it up because it's context. And as we know, finding a franchise quarterback is so damn hard. We talked about it last show about number one overall picks over the last uh, – the 10 no, number one overall picks as quarterbacks. It's pretty uneven. When you yeah. look at the number, of, if it's panned out with them, with their specific team, or teams had to restart yeah. right after them. Now, for those that are new to the show – uh, thank you. Hello. Welcome to the Ryan Ripkin Show. Uh, for those that are coming back, thank you for being here. <coughs> Excuse me. As as uh, Zach likes to remind me, I'm Ryan Ripkin. Uh, the show yeah. is named after me. show is named after him. I took me a while to figure out who it was named after, but yeah, glad we figured it out. And then we got, we, we got uh, Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker talking right to, back there. And then we have Nick Moore, Ravens, uh, yeah. Ravens long snapper. Yeah. And we're going to dive into a lot more of the 
uh, discussion with the Ravens here soon. So stick around. We're almost to that part of the program. And, um, yeah, that, that's all I got for right now. But why don't we hear about someone else? that we're, we're pretty passionate. I'd say we're pretty passionate people. I'm so excited to listen to this. This is. This is so electric. And, actually, Brad, do you want to do the poll before we yeah. get into uh, our next video? Uh, sure. So it, it'll probably, we'll probably cover this again. I don't want us to get too distracted, but I thought it was an interesting conversation we can have when we get to the, around the NFL piece. Uh, I said, let's just say we leave the Ravens out of the Super Bowl. Who would you rather see face each other? I put Lions versus Browns. Which no, would be, you, you, that's why everyone's all fired up. Yeah. yeah. Lions, Lions no, versus oh, Browns. Brad. Hold on. Hold on. Lions versus Browns, 49ers versus Chiefs, Dolphins versus Eagles, Rams versus Houston are are the p- potential matchups in the Super Bowl. What was the Dolphins Wait, matchup? Wait, yeah, I didn't hear. Dolphins, Eagles. Dolphins, Eagles. You said Rams and Houston. Houston. Oh, and the Lions, Lions, Browns. I mean, I think Lions, Browns would be electric. Yeah, yeah. Would be. Like, Go flat. Those two cities it. need like something. You know, they it need would be the, the Super Bowl. Two, it would literally it'd be the two only two NFL franchises that have ever gone zero sixteen. sixteen. Wow! Make sure That'll we clip that ages. from Nick with no context. Right? He wants the Lions and Browns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't put that on there. <laughs> no context whatsoever. Hundred percent. I'm totally. <laughs> I want them to win the Super Bowl. But take out, take that aside. <laughs> we're, we've already won the Super Bowl. Yeah. This is like the supplemental Super Bowl. Right. Nick's uh, going to get a text yeah. from some guys <laughs> like, hey, Nick, we don't want to talk about your commitment to hey, the yeah. team. Ravens no, PR is about to blow up our phones. Hey, Brad. Brad. Hey, I need, I need to see what you yeah. need. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brad, can we get the graphic up, get Nick's face up there, <laughs> and get the quotes? I want the Browns and Lions. This is the third. This yeah. is battle for. Really, second place. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the World Cup. Then it's the team. You have you have the yeah. third place game, and then the teams are playing for you know the championship, the final, and then mm-hmm. for for World Cup. But now it's in uh, American football, not actually football internationally. I, I know that's a whole different thing. All right, let's get into. I'm, I'm in the. I'm kind of in in Nick's camp here, just because the Lions oh. haven't won a championship in 66 years, and uh, the the, the Browns, Browns I think was like ever. I don't know 57 or something like that. Oh, well, both of them. We're pre, pre, uh, you know, Super Bowl era. Pre merger, <laughs> pre merger, right? <laughs> they, they don't count. <laughs> they don't count. Right. <laughs> right. right. So, like, that no. would be like uh, an insane. I mean, Lions haven't won a, a playoff game since 1991. So, I mean, it's there is some all right. Some <laughs> 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 <That's> all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, let's get into the. How do you believe that? Right. <laughs> I'm just. We're not even gonna go there. We're not. We're not even gonna go there. Get it out. What? No. <laughs> what is that? Get out. I don't understand my question. Welcome back to the chat. All right, we're talking about we're talking about the, something this that's This is passionate. the Ryan Ripkin show, everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ryan Ripkin. Boys. Ryan Ripkin. Unbelievable. So Dan Campbell. So Dan so Dan so Dan Campbell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Dan oh, Campbell, welcome to the chat everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, Dan Campbell's a passionate guy. We figured that out, right? He's a fiery, passionate coach, and he lives and dies by going forward on fourth down, no matter the circumstance, right? That's what made the Lions them. The team believes exactly what he does. I mean, there's a belief, but they did lose that game against the Cowboys for a lot of different reasons. Dan Campbell went on the radio show to talk about that two-point conversion after it was pushed back to the seven-yard line 
and the reaction from the radio station, because usually radio hosts will be a little bit more, let's just say graphic or a little bit more animated if the coach wasn't on the air with them. And Dan Campbell wanted to remind them, no, no, just be yourself and tell me how you see it. So let's play that for him, Brad. After that play, uh, you had said, you told the offense, you're going for two on the final drive if you score. But from the seven, I mean, and looking back, like, was there a point of no return where you lay down your sword and kick the extra point? Do you regret at all the decision to go for it from the seven? Yeah, I told, I told our offense, I think I, I said this before, and I, we're going for the win. And we're going to go down, we're going to score, and we're going for two. And, and I wasn't coming off of that. So if it was like 10 or 15, like a holding penalty, you still would have gone for it? No. If we're getting outside the 10, no. Okay, we, that's we why I'm asking. Outside yeah, the yeah. 10 every week, good Looks on like good. <laughs> we do it every week. O versus D. Yeah. I, like when, when you got the penalty and move it to go the – Go ahead and say it. Say it. Both of you. What? Say it. Say what you want to say. I think from the seven, it's a low percentage play. I think your chances of winning are lower than if you kick the extra point. I would have. I would like you would say it to anybody else. Yeah. I'm on the radio. Say it like you want to say it. Yeah. I thought it was a reckless decision. <laughs> Thank you. Do, okay, but you don't regret it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I fucking love that. that just, say, just say it. Awesome. Just, just say, say it. it. Oh, I'm, I'm on the radio. Just say it like you would anyone else. And they, I thought it was reckless. It, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? And that, that was the part is thank you for thank telling you. me what you feel. But that's how Dan is, right? And and that's why people love him. Mm-hmm. He is so intense, but also he's don't don't sugarcoat this. Don't bullshit me. Tell me how you see it. And if you're going to say it without me on it, you might as well just say it while I'm here. And he handled it well. Other other coaches we know can get controversial, but Nick, I mean, Dan Campbell. He, he is locked into how he feels, and that is an intense individual. I mean, you spent time with him. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah, yeah, I've spent a little bit of time with him a couple months down in New Orleans. I, I love it. I think he's I think he's done great for uh, Detroit. I think he's brought a lot of fire back to that football team, and they're having an unbelievable season this year. Um, you know, going forward from the seven, I'm not the coach, so, you know, uh, I, I, I think from a player's perspective, I, I think from a player's <laughs> perspective, you, you want to win. When you like make that mm-hmm. decision, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go for it, and he's right. We practice yeah. inside the ten all the time, one on one or good on good, and we, we got to execute that. You know, it's not you have a little bit more room from the seven than you do from the mm-hmm. two. Obviously, you're closer at the two yard line. I understand that, but you condenses down some of the routes, makes everything happen a little bit quicker. There's a lot more congestion in the middle. It makes it it's hard. I mean, scoring from the two if you're gonna pass the ball for one play is very difficult. So backing it up to the seven, it kind of opens up some of the routes, frees up the middle a little bit, and you have arguably equal or better chances of getting it in. Not, I mean, I don't know the statistics on it, yeah. but I think, you know, in that situation, I love going forward when we do that here all the time. I mean, yeah. not from the seven-yard line, but mm-hmm. we saw in 2021, I mean, we were we lost, what, two games in a row? Oh, yeah. we, yeah. Or two two games that, there in that second stretch that we um, tried to go for two to win the game, and we lost, so. I'm all for it, dude. Win the win the ball game. No, I love. I like. No, nobody wants overtime. Just fucking. I win will the game. say. I've yeah, never... you were, you you held back. Fuck right there. Yeah, win the yeah. fucking game. Yeah, Go ahead, Zach. Fucking yeah. win the game. I mean, I just, you guys have the momentum. Like we yeah. did that against the Packers. Obviously, it didn't work Every out time. for us. But like, it's it's Snoop as basically a rookie against fucking Aaron Rodgers. We don't <laughs> want overtime. Win the ball one game. Play. And just one play. One play for the win. Yeah, yeah. No, but I can. Our best there. versus your best. We're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
And it, if it doesn't work out, you can't. It, it is what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it is. You have to. What they did it twice from the seven because then there was another penalty, or what? Did they get a penalty to move them back up to the two? There's a penalty to move it half the distance back because it was offsides, but yeah. you can't make it a five yard penalty, so it's half the distance yeah, half back the distance. to it. So, but yes. But I will say that was interesting when you put it about. I hadn't thought about how it does open up the field and could potentially be easier, especially yeah. if you're going to pass it either way. It's different if you're if it's like first and goal from the two. Yeah, you got four plays to mm -hmm. run the ball, but when you're one play to score to win the game, you got to put your best play out there. A lot of times that's a pass play. It it becomes very congested and very tight, and it happens so very quickly, like a lot faster at the two yard line. And that's a guy who's not, you know, I don't play offense, but <laughs> I did scout team, you know, back in the day, and that shit happens quick on the two. I mean, you you got to get the ball out now, or dudes are in your face. And with us, you know, with a dynamic quarterback, Lamar can make stuff happen. Mm -hmm. But it's it is harder than it looks from the two yard line. I don't think people understand quite the concepts are different from the at the two versus from the seven. I mean, no. it, it makes sense. It does make sense from a, a spacing standpoint. I think in general, it's people realize it's just hard to score when you get down down there. And, and also, if you're going to be more limited, um, mm -hmm. when you push it, I mean, I guess the only thing that I'd argue is when you're at the two-yard line, the uh, possibility to run or pass is an option. When you're at the seven, it's like, well, you are the ballsiest coach. If Dan Campbell said from the seven – uh, uh, running back draw that now that's bold, right? Or any type of running running play. Yeah. So like I think that's just the the element of surprise. That was the word, Kevin. I, Kevin, I was looking for element of surprise. That's no, what I was looking for. I, I, I think, think if you took a, a poll, sorry, I didn't mean to no, cut anybody okay. off here, but I think if you took a poll from all thirty two offensive coordinators on what is their number one go to, gotta win the game, two point conversion, I would venture to say. 30 teams are going to say pass. Yeah. yeah. It's mm -hmm. going to be a yeah. pass play. Might even be all of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I would think like it's if it's a closer. If it's a must-win situation, mm -hmm. it's going to have to be a pass. And not yeah. every team has Gus Edwards. I mean, you can just pound no. it in from two yards. Not every team has No, that. but your chance – I mean, dude, it's hard enough yeah. to run the ball in open yeah. field for two yeah. yards <laughs> in the NFL, let alone for a must-win mm -hmm. situation. When they know that you're two yards away from the win, yeah. they're putting Everything. six guys – Yeah. Six – Big ass dudes yeah. on the front line. Yeah. It's not like they're putting, no. they're not in the nickel out there. No. They're not putting these like safeties up at the line. It's like Absolutely. 300 pound linemen there to stop you from getting those two yards. They cool. do not, a team would rather you throw it in from for to win it than yeah. be like, yeah, they just ran it up the mill for two yards. Yeah, because it sounds way worse. I mean, like they just ran down our throat. <laughs> yeah, like they, <laughs> they just got the lost. ball, ran, yeah. uh, ran yeah. the halfback dive, and now we lost. Like, yeah. Well, and also if you look at the, the, college football semifinal alabama michigan oh, ran yeah, it on right. ran it from that's the right. three right that and that everyone's like apparently it was watched yeah it was a bad some, snap it was yeah, a bad some snap. inside intel I, apparently it was a run pass option mm -hmm. play got botched because the yeah. snap was bad and that poor center dude he's he yeah, i guess rough. he already hit the portal yeah, he did. yeah. uh yeah. i mean he was it was either hitting the portal or you were never going to play football yeah. again because yeah. i i've heard so many issues with him all year yeah that's what i didn't it cost him in uh it almost cost him against auburn when they he yeah, snapped it, right. oh he snapped God. it when he wasn't looking, and or it was high or something. Yeah. And it, that was the play that set up the mm -hmm. touchdown that won the game. At, at I Auburn. completely forgot that and that they would, was dude, the play before. It's like Jalen Hurts talks about it with Jason Kelsey. Jason snaps the ball really fast because he's like, I'm trying to. He, they talk about it on their little sit down. He's like, I try to get the ball out quick because I got a block. 
um, Jalen Milrose is doing the same stance because he has no idea where the ball is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it's it, like it's one thing if it's fast and it's going to be in this general vicinity every yeah. time, but like that ball's on the ground, it's over his head, it's left, mm -hmm. it's right. I mean, it just and then you have to yeah think okay, where's the ball going? And then it's grab the ball and now execute, get your reads, get your so that but, just throws yeah. everything off. All that time though, when you have a run, when you have an option like that, mm -hmm. the option's gone because yeah. it, it's it's. You don't like you've lost track of this guy, or it had already happened, and you're like too late for it. So, it's it's unfortunate because I don't like that play call. I think you know yeah. the commentators were talking about you know Jalen has the run throw option because he's such a threat, and I I totally agree. And I think doing it again, you know, if the snap is good, it's a totally different situation. Yeah. But you know, tip your cap, tip your cap. The kid was trying to make a play, mm -hmm. you know, at, when things went south, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for Bama. Yeah, it, it did not work out for Bama. Now Michigan's finally breaking through the 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 final, and we'll we'll touch about on that as as that gets closer as well. And uh, for just to wrap up again here, we just were talking about some spicy topics. So if you're new to the show, welcome in. Um, we are about to get into our Ravens segment now. We've talked a lot about the spicy topics around the the uh, NFL specifically. And if you are also listening to this, or if you want to listen to this, if you're in the car, we are on uh, Apple and Spotify, by the way. But obviously, we are on this YouTube channel, uh, at Ryan Ripken Media. We do this twice a week. Come by, come hang out, come deal with who we're dealing with on a normal basis. But uh, hey, Zach, I think it's time we got to take a little ride. A little ride. Let me ride the, oh, in front of the Jeep. Uh, in Jeep. Front yeah, of we the got Jeep. the uh, new sponsorship of... Uh, banner yeah banner i was gonna say big poster but definitely. You know, that's banner. definitely so <laughs> also i want to just point out i'm gonna so throw ryan under the bus here listening to ryan on the phone try to put this banner up i was expecting to walk in here and this was gonna be like 60 feet by 60 feet i walk in it took me maybe 30 seconds by myself to put this up ryan was like yeah, I'm gonna need your help. This is we Not got all a, of us we got a monster. Hands, okay? I just I well, I literally walk up and I just stick it on thing. I was like, okay, has it been sticking? It's like, give it a minute, it'll it'll fall, and it's still standing. Yeah, now oh, they're just wow. command hooks that stick yeah. on the wall. Yeah, and then I was just like, well, why don't you put two more than two sticky things? He's like, yeah, there's four holes up there. Yeah, so we got it up. We got it up. That's all. It right. looks great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> but Adams Jeep of Maryland, uh, proud sponsor of the Ryan Ripken Show, have a lot more going on with them in the future. And actually just wanted to share this because I think this is, it was fun. Went up there for a second. And we're getting closer to baseball season, right? And and for people that know, I, I have the baseball background. I played professionally. My family played a little bit of baseball growing up. So I have an idea a little bit about what was going on. Uh, but I was up there and I wanted to just share this real quickly because I think it's a uh, awesome, badass Jeep. Uh, there we are. That is an Orioles Jeep. And that's actually for sale, by the way. Yeah, someone buy this Jeep. Wow. This is, is, uh, is that Cal Ripken Jr. Jr. in that picture? Yeah, yeah that's Cal Ripken Jr. <laughs> You're damn right it is. You're damn right. That Jeep is sick, though. Yeah. I, I I saw your post right before I came down here. That pic, that Jeep is so cool. And then it's got the, the Orioles decal on the side. It it really is. Someone buy this and let me drive it. Well, so yes, we we got a lot we got a lot planned, but it, they are great. And honestly, if you want anything done, service parts, they have an Iron Man one that they've done. An Iron Man, a Stormtrooper, places if you need to get your Jeep fixed, and and they last for a while. Brad's been riding his Gladiator up and down the East Coast like three hundred thousand miles. It feels like <laughs> how long he's been doing it. So um, just wanted it. to shout them out. Um, what's up? Still haven't seen it, Brad. 
but that's not my fault. It's I know. I don't know how. We we oh, know. Guess, yeah, it's because you're oblivious. Brad Steep is really. Because I'm a what? I will I will vouch for You're oblivious. For it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the nicest thing you've ever called me. Honestly. Well, that <laughs> yeah, maybe probably. It usually, right, yeah. Yeah, it, it all it all circulates. Anything that's bad is probably directed at Rocco. But hey, Ravens, where do we want to start here? Where do we want to start? Maybe actually that the Ravens had that big win, and so the excitement going on the field maybe we'll get it behind the scenes and nick i don't know if you've heard this yet but brent urban was pretty mic'd up for that game and i know i've had i've dealt with with what he's using by the way so i just maybe not the reaction i've usually had but let's take a listen to that brad because it was uh inspiring to say the least oh, ah! <laughs> Oh yeah. Ah! Ah! Hey, Ron. Ron, let me see that. Ah! I'm good. Oh, ah. One more time, baby. One more time. I I love that. First of all, that's Ron Schrift. He's our, one of our strength coaches and he's my, he does my workouts with injury. And I just, I, I thought that was absolutely hilarious because I, I know Ron, you know, personally, obviously. And that was just hysterical and brent is funny as all get out he was doing it with brent yeah no no and that's a strength coach for you dude that's what they're there for they're hype men they're the get back guys they're the hype men and they're the epsom or the uh (laughs) spelling salt guys and i i mean you got to get fired up dude you have to and that's the nfl and the the, that game is particularly the the more it was going on the more hype everyone's getting and the more you're like oh it's my turn like everyone's getting in on some let me get some too I love it. I think I think that was so cool. Hey, Kevin, cur- curiosity: if you ever uh, smell no, but you know salt? what? We can do it. Oh, oh my god! On the show, <laughs> I haven't done them in a long time, so I'm all. For did it. did you since... did you scream at the camera as well, or scream out every time you did? I don't it think no? you. I, I don't think you have a choice but to. Yeah, you it, have to scream. It stings, bro. It stings. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> I know it stings, but do you like? It's a. It's a yell. Like those are. Uh, this is are, the NFL. Yes, you yell. You you gotta let it out, dude. You know you gotta let it. Out. Well, oh, Brent, Kevin. Brent was going like he was doing like one, two, and then boom. Like there's there. also yeah. probably like seven smelling salts in that container. Yeah, okay. so it's like it's not like you're just using one. It's like you got a dozen of them put in there, and it's all just hitting you right in the mouth. And yeah, well, Brent, Brent it, Urban was definitely hyped up. Oh, yeah. to uh go out there i love oh, that yeah. he was mic'd up hey you gotta have that energy right you have to have that energy and that passion and whatever way gets you going gets you going and, and the ravens were fired up on on sunday obviously clint's number one seed we've talked about this in the past really great for them um and that has led to a lot of conversation to be honest is it saying the team's clicking at the right moment is it the fact that you know guys are kind of getting you know relatively have stayed healthy is that the other part or maybe hear me out guys maybe it has to do with one specific tweet that came out i don't know zach because you know the story better than me but it's one word johnny johnny so for those to give the context of this there is a riddle on an iq test 
so to speak. And actually, the Baltimore Banner ra uh, ran an article today with Zach because Zach yeah. is the reason why it's around this. The IQ question, the the correct answer for who is Johnny's, you know, fifth sibling. The answer was ninety eight percent of people fail. So explain this a little bit. So you stalked Lamar's tweet then, and then you commented underneath Lamar's answer, which was yeah. Johnny. So he tweeted out at like 8 p.m. London time. Just, I mean, it was one of those things where Ravens were three and two. There, there was a little worry in the air. It was like, okay, what's going on? New system for the offense. Okay, how's everyone going to go together? Is OBJ going to be OBJ? So there are all these questions, and then it's like, okay, the fan base is stressed out. There's all this, like, not fear, but just, like, everyone's on edge. And then you have Lamar Jackson, your star quarterback, you know, future two-time MVP. He's responding to a stupid, screenshotted, like, Facebook meme from 2003. And it was just kind of that moment of, like, it's just – it's okay. Like Lamar's got, he's calm. He doesn't care. And the way I actually put it on Twitter today, I actually feel really bad. I wish I would have given this quote to them yesterday for the banner. Cause I said, it and I was like, that was kind of cold, but it, it really has become like the Ravens, like community on Twitter, like the Hakuna Matata, like, you know, it's, it's Lamar's Johnny air. Like there's means no worries. Like Lamar's got us. So, Hey Nick, have you heard about this by the way? Uh, we talked about it last time I was on uh, last week. Uh, I I mean I don't I don't know much about. It. I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, we know no. that. Well, so we're one, we're wondering if if more guys know about this because then the Baltimore Banner, your traction, Kevin, you did a tweet about from The Shining with uh, Jack Nicholson's yeah, knocking his head through. Right. Yeah, well, and I, I found it. I was floating around. I, th I saw it from Garnet West, and you know I I put it out, but it's become this huge thing. Yeah. Like everybody talks about it, and now. Whenever Lamar does something, mm -hmm. whenever he does something well, it's just Johnny. And I think yeah, it's like the, the inside joke of Ravens Twitter. Yeah. And actually, I think that's the funniest thing is because <laughs> when I they called me to do the story yesterday, they actually said to me, they're like, we really don't know why this is like a thing. And actually, there were other newspapers reaching out to them like, hey, what's the deal on this Johnny thing? And they were like, we're kind of trying to figure out the same thing. Like we're just as confused. So then they called me to give the backstory and, you know, I've said it on in the interview and stuff, but really the coolest thing about it, like, you know, seeing it on sports center, seeing it on ESPN made it over in Canada, but it, it really is. It's really cool to help show and help tell the story of how incredible Lamar has been this year, especially the last 10, 11 games where it, Yes, it's a joke, the whole Johnny thing, and it's just super random and funny, but it does help show just how dominant and just how good he's been and why he's the MVP. Yeah, and so to that point, Kevin, if correct me if I'm wrong, the Ravens have lost one game since the Johnny response. Yeah, it was the Browns, and mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that, that was it. it. Yeah. Eight, eight yeah. of They've won eight of – well, they've scored 30-plus in eight of the last ten. Yeah. The offense has been cooking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, Zach's right. It's not just, a, you know, it's fun to say the Johnny thing like it's yeah. a funny little thing. But the reality is the yeah. Ravens offense has figured it out. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. You put up 59 stuff. on the Dolphins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, I even said in the thing, it's like, yeah, this is uh, 
like it is cool seeing myself as like the face like when i see my face on sports but at the same time it's like lamar jackson's the star of everything and that's what i really like like that is highlighted in all this is like it's a funny thing but it just shows how dominant he's been mm -hmm. so you know if those tweets have shown anyone that hasn't really followed the ravens this year just how good lamar's been then hey we did it that, that was worth it then yeah and and uh it just it's a fun story if we have another conspiracy theory it's that oh, joe flacco oh. was reading from a fan saying that he was going to be replaced and the note was from a letter from johnny the future quarterback you know taking over for you and it was it was <laughs> it was like creepy and uh i got to give credit i think balt uh, on tour baltimore beak found it and shout out him yeah shout out and literally like it's so creepy it's like i'm gonna take your spot in six years and it was like in 2016 so six seven years ago so it is just so yeah, creepy joe now, was like i hope i'm still playing by then yeah I'm still starting by then and now, now he did so it's just everything it's one of those weird things where like there's a glitch in the system and you're like this wasn't supposed to happen like they were showing like it was just telling like yeah no it's all the matrix yeah it, it's I guess we'll find out. If you believe in that stuff, a lot of people do, and a lot of people don't. But I will tell you what you can believe in, and that, that is that the Ravens, they're the number one team in the AFC. That's no secret. But they also had a lot of Pro Bowl selections too, by the way, and rightfully so. Yes, there were some snubs. And I think on, on a lot of levels, and I think, Rocco, if you're going to pop back in here for a second, uh, it's exciting, and I want you just to, to layer through, because one in particular – Weren't sure, but obviously deserving because he's the greatest at what he's done so far in his career. Yeah, that's you see the a bunch of the first timers. You see the Justin Matabike, uh, Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum, Patrick Queen. And you got Lamar with three, Roquan Smith with two. And then at the top of that list is, is Justin Tucker with seven. This is his seventh Pro Bowl selection. And what he's done over the course of his career, and there were – questions this season oh is, is it a down year for justin tucker just throw them out though it's it's statistically it you might think it might be a down year for justin tucker but but it's not this dude day in and day out is the greatest kicker of all time he's the greatest kicker in the nfl and it's a no-brainer to send him to the pro bowl but they don't want to be in the pro bowl but to, to that talking about justin tucker nick I, I wanted to ask you this man this guy he's got a super bowl already He's got the longest kick in NFL history. He's got seven pro ball nods. And if he were to retire today, even though he's got to wait until he's eligible, they should put him in Canton anyway. He is that good and that fantastic of a player. You know from firsthand experience, what keeps this guy going day in, day out? What is Justin Tucker's motivation to continue to be better than he was the previous day? What have you seen over the years? This guy's work ethic? the work he puts in each day. You're smiling right now. Yeah, what can yeah. you tell us about that? <laughs> we uh, we did this thing last year. Um, it was like, what's your why? Harbs passed out all these cards, and you write it on there, and they put it up on the board. And <laughs> Tuck had like a pamphlet because he had so many. And it was like <laughs> money, cars, big house. <laughs> like, it was all the – you know, it was obviously a joke. But um, it, Tuck just <sighs> – Tuck, I think the reason Tuck is so good is because his work ethic is unmatched. I think he outworks everybody day in and day out. I know, you know, 
I'm, I'm not out there as much this season, but the three years I've been with him, he's kicks every day, which I don't think anybody in the NFL does that. Um, you know, he's a perfectionist. Every single kick has to be perfect, whether it's a PAT, whether it's, you know, 60 yards, it, it all has to be the same. And it's not gauged on whether or not it's good today. It's gauged on, is it going to be good in December or in January or in the Super Bowl? Because he's played in Denver, frozen ground in negative degree weather, hit a pretty big field goal to win them, mm-hmm. sent him to the Super Bowl, I think. Or the, to AFC the AFC Championship. championship. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Sent, that was well before my football time. <laughs> uh, sent to the AFC Championship. Uh, you know, So he knows that just because it's good in April or May or August or September doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good when it, when it counts. Mm-hmm. So I think his work ethic is why he is so good. I think the reason he continues to try to be, you know, the best and, and, and great as Sam cook would say, um, he just, I think he loves football. I think Tuck is a guy that really loves ball and he really loves what he does, but I think Tuck wants to be, you know, people say all the time that he's the best and all this stuff, but I think Tuck really wants to be known like when it's over. Cause everyone, mm-hmm. a lot, not everyone, but a lot of people say Vinatieri because he's played so long mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But I think Justin, I think he wants to be that guy who's number one, he's going to be the best percentage field goal, you know, best percentage makes of all time. He wants to have the longest kick. He wants to be the highest earner. He wants to have the highest contract. He, Most wants, points he wants everything to be the top. Like that's just what he is. <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I think he, he goes like, that's, what's kind of driving him every time he gets a new contract. It's like, Oh, so-and-so got this. I got to get, you know, uh-huh. I'm up and I'm up and, and he does that because he does it on the field. And he also, you know, he's mm-hmm. just a competitive all the way around. And, you know, I, one of the reasons I I'm here is because of Justin Tucker and I don't want to be anywhere else because he's the best. When you play with the best, you get to be, you know, it pushes you to be better. It makes me a better player. And so I love being here, and I think Justin's, you know, obviously I think he's the best, yeah. but I mean, I'm, uh, you know, some people say he was down or whatever this year, but it is what it is. I think he misses some kicks that he, he know, had a down year because his average misses like 57 yards yeah, this year, which is insane. and, and one of them was blocked, and it's like, okay, yeah. like, let's calm down. He missed one from 60, one from 59. It's like, oh. Yeah. My God, how could he ever do it? Well, and that's his down again. This is his down year, which is what an eighty-seven percent, something like yeah. that, or, or how high it is. I, mm-hmm. I I'd have to look it up real quickly. But that that's almost career years for guys, and you can see it. I mean, look at what's happening around the NFL. The Rams are replacing their kicker again because they were missing extra points and almost lost the game to the Giants. Mm-hmm. You look around at teams where it's not a stable, uh, just put it in a better word, it's not a stable position, and not only that. Justin came in in Baltimore, too, because Nick is before your time here. Matt Stover was an unbelievable kicker here in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, well, how can that guy be replaced? Well, how he was replaced is the greatest kicker of all time came around. That's how. Don't forget about Billy Cundiff. Yeah, we can. We we try. Billy wasn't. We try. I know he missed the kick. I know he missed the kick. He was really good. He was was a Pro Bowl kicker the year he. He was. His last year here. Yeah. He was a Pro Bowl kicker. So he wasn't, you know, he's not Justin Tucker, but he's still a good player. Well, and I feel, and that's what I'm saying. I feel bad for no matter what, the next player coming in had to live up to Stover's kicks in big moments. Yeah. Billy mm-hmm. Cundiff had a great year, but unfortunately, what he's remembered for yes, is, is the, yeah. the yeah. shank yeah. in the championship game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll never live hey, that one down. Before, no. before, Billy, before Billy Cundiff, it was Steve Hauschka. 
Yep. Yeah, and then Shane Graham. They've been a kicking factor. Graham Gano mm-hmm. was did time the goat pen, as we call it. Will, will do you guys actually? <laughs> Tuck Tuck calls it the goat pen. I swear to God, that's hey, incredible. It's the goat pen. Awesome. Yeah. Nick, it, well, while we're talking about Tucker, real quick, because we don't media wise, we don't get to film you guys special teams wise. Mm-hmm. We get like a fifteen minute practice window where we're yeah. you know getting quarterbacks, getting receivers. They they don't even you know we're not allowed to shoot special teams. They you guys do your own thing. What does a Justin Tucker practice look like special teams wise for him? Because I think fans they see the clips where he's he's acting like a quarterback. He's catching balls as a wide receiver. Did, did they let it's him do just basically whatever he wants out there? No, I mean, okay. <laughs> let's let's get one thing on the record. Okay, Tuck works really hard. Okay, no, of course. Of course. Um, he the stuff that he does, it's all part of the his stick. Like you, he's got a big personality. He's probably now that Brandon Williams isn't on the team, he's probably the most. He's probably our biggest personality as far as yeah. outspoken around mm-hmm. the uh, in the facility and on the practice field and things like that. So the quarterbacking, I mean, he he still claims he's the best punter on our team, and Stout's pretty good, and, and we also <laughs> Sam Cook's also in there. So Tuck, you know, Tuck just he does punting, he does quarterbacking, he we do, you know we do stuff because we. You know, some there are scenarios where yeah. he could potentially throw a ball as as funny and as goofy as it sounds like. Those are things that we don't necessarily just do for shits and giggles. Because, mm-hmm. like, we there are times where he could maybe throw a football. Yeah. You know, um, same with Jordan. And we saw Sam Cook with seven for eight in his career. So, yeah. you know, we do that stuff for fun, but also because it's, you know, we just get something out of it. But as far as his, like, actual practice goes – if he's kicking, like if we have field goal period up, like Wednesday's like our big kick day, um, he's going to do, you know, we got kickoffs. He's going to do, we're going to run through his his whole set. And it's, you know, start at extra point, back it up three yards, switch hashes um, every time he kicks, get all the way to the 40, then flip sides of the field, do the same thing in reverse, start at the 40, move up three yards, switching hashes all the way to, we finish at the 20-yard line on the other side. Um, but it's, Every kick is perfect or we're doing it again. And if we do some days where it's bad weather or one of us is in a rut, uh, we'll start that thing over. And we've definitely started it over from almost being done. And oh. that's just the perfectionist. How long is. does it take for you usually to get through? If we can go rotation. through it with no hiccups, it takes 15 minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. Just because in between kicks, we might – you know, if we're walking to the next spot, getting set up, switching hands, getting the balls, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but normally it, it takes closer to half an hour, <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20, 30 minutes. It just depends. You know, it, it just it gets tough late in the year. Kicking like on Wednesday when it's like like today would have been brutal, like 38 degrees out there, 40 mm-hmm. degrees. The ground's hard. It's windy. It's cold. It's like. You know, you've already won everything yeah. that you need. To, and so it just it, it there are days like that. But I think overall, you know, Tuck, uh, his routine is very meticulous, does the same thing every time, never changes it, never does anything different. It's always the same. And he's perfected that over 12 years in the NFL. And that is part of why he is yeah. who he is. That's why he is who he is. Like, and, mm-hmm. and that is it's it's being attention to detail and making sure if you have something that's working, you continue to, he doesn't cut corners is what you're saying. And that's, yep. that's something that is, it's like Wendy's dude. They got square patties to show that they don't <laughs> cut corners. That's their thing. I swear. <laughs> that, I swear. that is not <laughs> no, where I, I thought I, you were I, going. I, I, I like that was the one, but I've never 
heard of the Wendy Square Burger as a way to describe an NFL kicker. That's so, well, they don't cut corners. He said it. It sparked my memory. Okay, okay, so now what we're getting at is Justin Tucker and Wendy's are intertwined. We need a They deal. don't cut yeah, corners. No, no, no. We need another Royal Farms guy, Rip. Yeah, but they're chicken, dude. They're chicken, not burgers. Yeah, that's and chicken and gas. And they don't cut corners either, Rocco. Well, you know what? Hey, we know what Royal Farms doesn't cut corners. And they they can come be a sponsor of the Ryan Ripken yeah. show, and we can that's forget right. all we about Wendy's. Royal Farms. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, we, we do all love Royal Farms. Farms. <laughs> Absolutely. We love a sponsorship. Oh, are you kidding me? In this economy, it'd be tremendous. Before, I want Kevin, you to break down some snubs here. We'll get to that in a second. I want to ask you about one more player, though, Nick, because there's a lot of deserving Ravens, right? I mean, Matt BK, incredible season. You know, PQ going out there, he's balling out. There's a lot of great moments, right, for the team. But one guy, because at the time we talked about this this draft, Linderbaum coming over or be or then being the selection at a time when everyone's going, you're you're taking a center at this time. And for people watching it and people in Baltimore understanding how impactful and important you talked to some of the great quarterbacks, having a guy up front that you can rely on and trust. Can you just talk a little bit about on him finally getting some recognition that he deserves because, in my opinion, he really is one of the best centers in the game. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think I, you know, Tyler's one of my good friends. Um, I think he's a, he's the best in the league. Um, I, I also, my comparison with him is Jason Kelsey, and I tell him mm -hmm. all the time he's like a smaller, less handsome version of Jason Kelsey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, less bearded version, I should say. Less but he that's just like to me i don't know a whole lot about center and offensive line um other than we both snapped the ball i was gonna say i, was like, uh, I feel like you actually know a decent amount about snapping the ball yeah but I, what i do is yeah, snapping what he does right. is ryan would call it hiking it's still yeah different. i got i got blast yeah. he's like well ryan <laughs> oh, hiking the ball we'll what the, the, the hell do you call it then yeah, you no, call it your snapping I what do you snap, call his i'm snapping the thick skin he's just you know, <laughs> whatever but i know I, I agree i think tyler has been one of the most dominant guys since he's gotten to the league um, you know, out of that draft last year, I thought he was as a rookie playing center in the NFL with multiple different quarterbacks because we had some injuries. Mm -hmm. I thought he handled that really well, played exceptional um, down the stretch last year. And this year, I think he's he's grown on that. He's shown that he is worth, you know, all everything that he got. And he there's no one more deserving or um, I guess I. I guess I'm trying to say no one no one is more deserving than Tyler. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a phenomenal talent and I'm excited to have him around. Hopefully they can keep him in here. Yeah. yeah. I, I think and I think that's just a part of I remember just at the time if people talking around Baltimore, there was just that outrage because it's like, you know, oh, we need more weapons on the outside. You need more playmakers. But actually Baltimore football growing up here has been winning in the trenches, mm -hmm. being able to dominate at the line on both sides of the ball, but then having a center that essentially if your quarterbacks you know facilitating out the center is putting you in a good position that that everything seems to be more in sync like he's the anchor for for that line so yeah. it's really awesome to see and, and those reaction videos are tremendous I mean, by what, the way kyle, kyle Ham so what kyle hamilton had a slow 40 and had one bad rep in training camp it was written off yeah. and tyler linderbaum had short arms mm -hmm. that was because you can't block yeah, he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna be horrible in the NFL because he has short arms, yeah. and as he's proving, he's just not good. You know, no, no, no let's, trouble. Let's not forget in in 2020 we had some issues at center with yeah. Matt Scura, mm -hmm. and then Pat McCarry took took over, and then we had Bo Bradley Bozeman in 2021, but we lost Bose in March yeah. of 2021 mm -hmm. or 2022 going to the Panthers. 
So we needed to fill that position. We didn't have a guy. I mean, we yeah. still had Pat McCurry on the thing, but he was kind of our utility guy. Yeah. He played a lot of tackles. He's a Swiss Army. Yeah, he's done everything. There, right? Pat can do it all. He can play tackle guard and center. But we needed a, a guy who could come in and play center all the time. And I think Eric made a great decision yeah. with Tyler. I, I think, mean, you have a centerpiece to the offensive yeah, line for the he, next, like you said. Yeah, he's like the commander. Mm -hmm. I, Lamar runs the offense. But when it comes to the like the offensive line and the blocking schemes and stuff like that, Tyler runs the show. Yeah. He, he's the commander of that group. And I think he has a great personality for it. And he's shown that he can handle and take that responsibility on as a young player who's only played, you know, 40, you know, 35 games or, or yeah, I guess coming up on 34 yeah. games next week or 35. And so I think he's perfect fit. And, I, and he's yeah. rightfully deserving of the Pro Bowl. And dog. He should have got it last year. He's a freaking dog. And I love it. I yeah. love that. Should have got it last year. Well, what dog. Well, for? well yeah, dog. exactly. And how about this, though? Your, your two picks then, Kyle Hamilton. Linderbaum. Like all of them, both of them, dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah. Dogs. dogs. So, so first round last year. Yeah. So yeah. this is a tremendous shout out. I'm giving a round of applause yeah, yeah. again. Eric Picasso. Yeah. Really all, all the way around. Yeah. All the way. All the way around. Um, Kevin, with all the talks and rightfully so, and for the other ones that don't know, on that list, it was Lamar Jackson, Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Justin Matabike, Tyler Linderbaum, and Justin Tucker, all deserving, but also. Uh, Kevin, I want you to touch on because there was a lot of Ravens then that really probably deserved to be on it. And I want you to touch on that because they are having some fantastic seasons, even though they did not get the Pro Bowl knock. Yeah, you can probably argue they could have double digits in Pro Bowl. Or I mean, they could field the whole offense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one that I'm looking at, though, and this is someone I've been talking about for years. Kevin Zeitler's not made a Pro Bowl in his career. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on which that Which is one. unreal. <laughs> get him started. Wait, that guy, it, well, go. Go ahead. Take go, it. Go ahead. He, He's guaranteed to get snubbed from that, and it makes zero sense. He's like the one of the best guards in the NFL. It makes no for years sense. too. For dude, the guy's been in the league twelve years, and he's been a top of the, top guard yeah. the entire time. It's unreal. He's it's, it's like, I think it's a bit insane. now. I think it's a the that's NFL has saying. to be think, running a bit now. I think, I think it's like a, a there's like a someone's running a smear campaign. It's just it's insane. At each year, he's literally like one of the top guards across the oh. entire board. And it's just like, yeah, it's like he'll give oh, yeah. up no it's, pressures no, for yeah. like seven straight weeks, and people he's are like steady. He's a steady <sighs> guy that just he's playing. The, yeah. No, no disrespect to Quentin Nelson, Batonio, and Dooney, but I mean Zeitler. It's just even a Baltimore thing. Just Every year he's been it. with the Ravens, yeah. he's deserved the Pro well Bowl. It goes it. back yeah. before the Ravens too. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how you look at a guy like Kevin Zeitler and you can still say today that he's not a Pro Bowler. He absolutely is, and I don't know why he hasn't made it. Well, exactly. and that's and that's the part. Go ahead, Brad. I was gonna say I I also don't understand how uh, Geno Stone didn't get the Pro Bowl when you uh, get seven interceptions yeah. on the year that makes zero yeah. sense. Agree. Yeah, this this guy said egregious, and I totally agree. I think Geno has stepped into a role that he's kind of solidified himself in our defense. Mm -hmm. Went from maybe being like a sometimes player to a special teams guy to now he's like a a, a staple in our in our secondary. And yeah. seven picks in the NFL is just insane. It gets, it's second in the league. Yeah, you don't see that that's, anymore. You that's yeah. absurd. Yeah. And is it what he didn't start every game at DB? Why he didn't get it? Like, yeah. That's ridiculous. Pro Bowls. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to be in the Pro Bowl one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're about to, but, you're you're about to go. But, the Pro Bowl's a joke. But, but, no, no, it's it's the Pro Bowl. I want to be in. No, none of that. But I do think there are instances where guys get in because of who they are, not because of Name what they yep. because yeah. of what they have done, not because of what they are doing currently. Yeah, yeah, and that makes I think sense. Kevin and Gino are two guys that 
they're 100 pro bowl worthy and they should be in the pro bowl without a doubt and they're maybe behind guys like uh quentin or 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 somebody at i don't know a safety off the top of my mind but that are maybe a little bit of a bigger name that they can sell a yeah. little bit more and that maybe didn't produce that much this year but oh last year they did this that yeah. and the other and it's like Especially well, with the not, Pro Bowl being it's now, the it's not even. Pro, well, yeah, it's right. it's like more. I think it's it's the flag football game. It's all the events. So but I think that like, is part of it. Is they do want the stars. Like yeah. even if you're not having the best year, they're gonna lean towards you. And it's also fan voting. So people just yeah, and go it's through. It's it's tough because the Pro Bowl, you know, they're not playing the game anymore, and it it is more fan oriented nowadays with yeah. all the different activities and the fan involvement. But it's that's it's still like winning team last year got 80 racks. Yeah. Losing team got 40. Yeah. So it's not like it's just like, hey, you're in the Pro Bowl, you know, good for you. It's like, hey, if you're in the Pro Bowl and your team wins, that's 80 grand. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Are I'll, you kidding me? I'll, and Geno Stone has not gotten a massive contract. No, he's he's on the tenure deal. Yeah. He's on the yeah. He got the because uh, he he got that. Him and Snoop got that. I yeah. think he's at like 2.1 or something this yeah. year. I think that's the part of it. It's just that people being recognized. And to your point, Kevin, Zeitler is not a name when you look at some of the other guards that they're going to jump up and go, oh, he, he's deserving. But people that watch him are, and are familiar with his work, is that a new phrase? Oh, I wasn't familiar with your work. His work is phenomenal. Geno Stone had a tremendous season, but it doesn't ultimately going to, you know, uh, lead to an opportunity to be in a Pro Bowl. That's the way the world works. And the fans... The, look, the sport doesn't happen without the fan support, yeah. right? And they want guys that they are fans of, mm-hmm. but still it hurts because you see, you want to see some people get in. And uh, switching on, on the, the... Well, real quick, I just do want to point out. Next year, have my word now, I am going to run the nastiest Nick Moore uh, Pro Bowl <laughs> campaign on it. Twitter of all do time. It. We're getting we're gonna oh, yeah. get the we're getting Nick to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I when, need to get there. Yeah, on those double vote days where like each retweets double the vote, we're gonna have all the burner oh, accounts out. The I'm burner accounts are going. We're, we're gonna get we're gonna get what they what they did for the Chargers did for Cameron Dicker. We're gonna get that <laughs> yeah. type yeah. of camera. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. That was though. a good, yeah yeah. It's Cam, Cameron's. He, he was he was a stud. He, yeah, just, he yeah. deserved it. I kind of pulled for him after that video. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah. He's definitely deserving. Yes, he, he is. A great year, and and there's, you know, there's a handful of kickers in in our conference that had unbelievable years. Unfortunately, Justin Tucker is also in our conference. Yeah. So <laughs> it's hard, just hard to beat. Yeah, you're yeah. in the conference with the greatest of all time. I think time. the only guy that could have beat him was Aubrey and yeah. Dallas, and that's yeah. because he's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and he has been perfect. How about that to start his career? That it, he's been dynamite. Let's switch gears, though, because we're talking about snubs, and this doesn't really matter, Kevin, and I'll let you take this one away. It doesn't matter because it's a it's a list, and you can go into what this list is supposed to, is supposed to represent, but the list is talking about top five defensive coordinators. Right. And I'm going to be honest here, Kevin. I didn't see the defensive coordinator that resides in Baltimore. You did not. Mike McDonald, it was an NFL PA poll, if yeah, I believe. I saw that. Yeah, the PA poll. Yep. It was. I didn't get that poll, by the way. So <laughs> yeah. Whoa. I didn't. I didn't get the guys so maybe he would have been if you had gotten yeah. it. Maybe he would have been <sighs> snuck in there. Nick was the last vote. But, so, so Kevin, explain a little bit about the whole back backstory. Yeah. With it. So the surveys for like future like positions. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. they listed out you know top five offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and special the top teams. five. Yeah, special teams yeah. too. And the top five on this list for defense was Aaron Glenn in Detroit, number one. Steve Wilkes, San Francisco, number two. 
Dan Quinn in Dallas, number three, Brian Flores in Minnesota, number four, and Raheem Morris in with the Rams, number five. Mike McDonald, nowhere to be found in all NFC defensive coordinators. Another thing I noticed there, too. Yeah. Didn't we dominate them on yeah, offense? Exactly. Like two of those. Yeah. The most prolific offense. Well, it's so weird because it was and Raheem Morris, yeah. all three of those guys. Were three it, out of the five. It was your like your own team voted for your, wasn't it? Like your own team. I don't know. The, I think I I'm not know. sure how this. We didn't have a single coach on there. Yeah, which was weird. And you know, I mean, I'm kind of okay with it. Like keep keep them. Yeah, I mean, like I just think like with Mike, obviously, I I think that's a snub. We have the best defense in the NFL, hands down. Um, I think even with special teams and, and Chris Horton. We've had top three special teams in the, since I've been here. So for the last four seasons, um, you know, we've had a couple mishaps here and there, but we're still one of the, we're mm -hmm. still known for special teams. Oh, like yeah. we are right. the dominant special teams in the entire National Football League, and we pride ourselves on that. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just a sham that, that he's not on that list. And I, I haven't seen any other special teams take one to the house to win the game. Uh, one other thing. One day. <laughs> it was the week one. Week one. Yeah. Week week one. It was Aaron Rodgers. Game. As soon as I said that, I was like, Shh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way to go. Way but that to... was, damn, it was AFC. It was ter terrible it cool. reporting. No, yeah. it was. It, yeah. It's only. I didn't see anyone after week one return yeah. one for there the. Uh, yeah. With a backup returner, too. Not yeah. even our starter. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone with a backup returner. Not even our two-time All-Pro Pro Bowl. Well, you know also that moment, not for any Jets fans out there, that was the highlight of the season, really. I mean, maybe you're going to say it was all downhill from there. And then maybe is that Eagles game you had hope, and then right after the bye week, just everything fell apart. Um, yeah, Mike McDonald, though, it's, it's no secret of, of how he has transformed or left his – sorry, his his uh, fingerprints all over this defense. Yes, Roquan Smith brought an attitude, but also seeing how he's using all of these pieces to – this defense is really suffocating. It's a defense you don't want to go against, the defense that hits hard – that know that you know is going to punch you in the mouth and you have to earn every single yard and that was going to wear you down and for the longest time everyone was talking about well this this Ravens team they give up leads in the fourth quarter well guess what this team has done a tremendous job overall and they've done it against some of the best units especially the last two games the 49ers yeah. and the Dolphins two teams that can put up a lot of points and that and that can in the 49ers case can bully you the Ravens defense was the one that was bullying that that uh, prolific San Francisco offense. Um, and I mean, Kevin, we're hoping everyone you know, maybe maybe it keeps the press pressure off of um, McDonald being a head coach candidate, right? I mean, it, he's he's terrible. Mm -hmm. He's that, awful. Yeah, you know, he's he's really not top five. Yeah, yeah, I guess. yeah I guess, according to this bottom point. bottom three coach i've ever whenever witnessed, whenever know? there's mike mcdonald praise or good things happening every all the ravens fans say what are you talking about this he's is horrible what are you talking it's about? all real <laughs> yeah yeah kyle hamilton and all yeah. the players because they yeah. want to keep him around and, and it's true we're going to see some head coaching vacancies open up yeah. this spring i think that you know personally mike mcdonald's deserving of that mm -hmm. but obviously selfishly you would love to have him stay with the ravens stay and here. I love, it's, it's I up love to him too right you know sometimes there are situations and we we saw this you know years ago eric acosta is the assistant to ozzy newsome and he ends up being you know all the stuff about the role and the contract and he ends up waiting for ozzy to step aside to mm -hmm. a different role and Eric moves up. So is there, I don't know when John Harbaugh, you know, there's that whole other people are, I think they're assuming that if the Ravens win this year, John Harbaugh is going to step aside yeah, and kind of ride so off, great. which that's John, not, that's not set in stone. Not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what people I'm saying. People are like, oh, he's going to win. And then 
he's just going to be good. I'm like, ah, I think it's, they're going to have to wheel him off the field. <laughs> that guy's not going anywhere. What's in the Wolf of Wall Street? You're going to have yeah. to get a fucking, uh, was it a wrecking ball? What's yeah. the word again? Yeah. yeah. A wrecking ball to get me out of here. An all-time just moment on this show has to be Parker sitting here and just randomly name drops. He was like, yeah, a few weeks ago when I was actually playing uh, golf with Mike McDonald, I asked him about this, and we're like, wait a second, what? And he's like, yeah, me and Mike play all the time. And I was like, okay, awesome. Thanks for bringing this up now. But yep. There, there's, this, there's this assumption that Harbaugh's just going to step aside, and I'm just like, he's not going to step That's aside. Not, <laughs> yeah. Why? He's, yeah, what? He's, we've been so good since yeah. for so long. He's, unless have he's have just, you seen his father? Like, they interviewed his father after the uh, oh, oh, yeah, Michigan no, after the Michigan game and his father was, is like I don't know a hundred some thousand years old and he was still like jumping up and down and being didn't like he, this game is great this is amazing Jack didn't yeah. Jack coach the oh, yeah. first three three games this year when uh oh he uh he, he helped well, out well he was sure. on the yeah, I think he was on yeah, the yeah, yeah, he helped I don't out. think he was an actual yeah, head coach he, he was on the sideline like doing he comes it. around with us unbelievable oh, yeah. so neither of those hardball boys yeah are yeah dude that family loves ball yeah that yeah. family <laughs> is not leaving love football yeah. I can <laughs> tell you that Brad to your point that's it like you can see where they get that fire from there there that is we talk about with my bloodlines with baseball. The Harbaugh's with football, football just runs fucking deep. But also, you can see that the teams and that, that they can, are running, you see at Michigan what they're doing. You can like Michigan or hate them. That team loves and is embodying what Jim Harbaugh Free said Harbaugh. there. And also in Baltimore, John, since he's come in and people can complain all they want, that dude has set the tone for this team and for 15 years you can have a stable organization and if you're from baltimore and you've been watching i don't mean to bring up some bad times but with things with the baltimore orioles over all these years do you see how hard it is to win how hard it is to have a consistent contender it's not going to be perfect but the culture was set from top to bottom with baltimore and john harbaugh is a big fucking reason because of it and also i mean how do you not get fired up when he's dancing he's smearing blood on his head uh, <laughs> that was incredible head. i mean yeah that makes you want to run through a wall. Like, it really does. So, it, it, it's it's an awesome story. The Ravens, they, they locked up the one seed. And the big question, obviously, is that uh, what do you do now with the time off? And Tyler Huntley's going to start this game. We talked about that uh, Lamar is sitting. And I know it brings fears, fear back into people's eyes from 2020 or, sorry, 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, I'm I'm – indifferent with it to be honest i just don't believe in my heart that and in, in my mind that this ravens team they've learned a lot since 2019 and if that's the right move i trust with what's going on but i do recognize that you know kevin how i don't know how many days it was off on lamar but it's a similar scenario mm -hmm. yeah but i don't think i don't think it's i think it's gonna be a different answer this time and, and it's a different team I mean, you have some of the same guys who are still there from 2019. <laughs> guys have come back from that 2019 team. But I don't like to kind of marry these histories together no. where just because everything happened and went the wrong way in 2019 means that it's all just going to fall apart again. I mean, the rest is important. It's important this time of year. And the fact that, I mean, I think any team would take the bye if, if they yeah. could have it. Like, it's that important to them. And I think that team was also young. I mean, that was that season entering was a big Lamar went six and one in 2018 his rookie season. They led the team to the playoffs. That was a wild card loss mm -hmm. And the questions. And there was some definitely some unfair narratives in there, but it was how big of a leap is Lamar going to take? What's he going to do? And obviously he went off 14 and two MVP season, but that target got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And some of those players were learning, you know, okay, this is the NFL level. How are we going to deal with this? And 
I think, you know, Ronnie Stanley, he talked about it. You know, he remembers it. Lamar remembers it. Harbaugh, everybody remembers it. I just think they have the leadership mm-hmm. on this team. Not that they didn't have it then, but the leadership on this team now with Roquan and, and how, yeah, how locked in Lamar is right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that they are, they're going to allow it to happen again. Like this team is locked in. They know what the goal is and you can kind of sense the vibes are there. And Nick, I know you being in that locker room, you can sense it there too. And you can hear even the players talking about the Pro Bowl. Tyra Linderbaum talking about the Pro Bowl. It's a great honor, but that's not their end goal, and that's yeah. not the team's end goal. Yeah, no, it's no. a different, it's a different team. And I know Nick, that was right before, right? You coming in here in 2019 yeah. you get to get to experience that. But the reality is, and you can even hear it on the wired up, like Roquan and <laughs> Lamar, like, hey, we're not, we're just getting started. We're just yeah. getting started. We got more work to do. And that's th- this team seems like they're on a mission. It, it really does. But the next step is going to be in a couple of weeks. I know everyone in Baltimore, too. I saw the comment here about um, the, the rest versus rust. And I know it's because of everything that happened with the Orioles. You know, Texas was a phenomenal team. The, the Ravens, I just think all the pieces are, are in place. And I think it, the, the Ravens are, are, I hope, are going to be destined. For, yeah, for I think leadership things. is in a better spot. Like, yeah. you know, like the guys like Roquan Smith, you know, Lamar has now been there, done that. It's. No, even there was a uh, mic'd uh, video that dropped today, and it's everyone was super hype after this massive play in the Miami game, and Lamar was the one who was like, hey, everyone calm down. Like, job's not done. Like, we still got to finish the game. And that is, like, the vocal leadership of Lamar that you've seen. Like, you know, Nick, I mean, you've seen it, obviously, a lot more up close than we have, but it does feel like from an outside perspective – each year he's gotten more and more comfortable being that vocal leader and he's the guy. And I feel like, you know, then you have Roquan on the defensive side and now you have two really good leaders who want to go keep everyone in line, go make sure everyone is as prepared as possible and then go win this championship. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think I've heard some guys in the locker room talk about how this is different than 20 than 2019. I'm not involved as much uh, this year as so I'm, I'm not 100% sure and I wasn't involved at all in 2020, yeah. 2019 um but I I definitely think you're right having two guys like Roquan and Lamar who they're stout leaders the hardest working guys on the team I think we talked about Roquan last time and and they're battling against each other day in and day out throughout the the whole season and they're both showing up on Sundays and playing at the top of the league you know, I, I definitely agree. I, I think resting Lamar is the best is the right decision, um, just because of how valuable he is to our team. Um, and 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 Kevin said it a, a minute ago that rest right now is very crucial. No. They just went through the gauntlet in their last three games, and you know Pittsburgh has a lot to play for. So their their lives, yeah, and their defense is insane. I mean, with Cameron Hayward and and uh, TJ Watt, Watt, Alex Highsmith, it's yeah, it's yeah. like it's high, it's high risk, low reward for us mm-hmm. if if we play Lamar and we win. I think, yeah, well, yeah, I, I think agree. Sarah Sarah yeah. Elson, I believe, put this perfectly. She said TJ Watt being on a field chasing Lamar Jackson on Saturday is a lose lose situation for the Ravens. There's yeah. just no, yeah. you yeah. can't yeah. necessarily yeah. win. That. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Regardless, the reality is that for the Ravens. Lamar, if Lamar is not playing, the chances of going to a Super Bowl are not. I'm not going to say that they're gone. That that's not fair because the the group's going to fight. But when you're losing the MVP of the league, 
mm-hmm. the guy that's that's the heartbeat that in any situation when he plays, you get a chance to win the game, and that's his career. When he's on the field, he wins more games than he loses. It, 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 it You're right. The risk is too much. And at the end of the day, losing this game is not the end of the world. For some teams, though, and that kind of wraps with the Ravens, and it's, I want to segue in here. I'm trying to work on my segues. Losing sucks, by the way. No one mm-hmm. likes losing, but in this case, it's Horrible. okay to lose. And Brad, we have a sound clip. And Rocco, I am, I am, I am fascinated with this because I really think over your career you've had to have some interesting sound bites. But Mike Vrabel, it's been a rough year for Tennessee, and no one's feeling sorry up here in Baltimore. I mean, the the Titans are kind of that rival of the Ravens that is spoken more of recently because of the last few years, including that 2019 season. But Mike Vrabel was a little bit pissed off during a recent press conference about his his season so far for the Tennessee Titans, and we want to play that for you right now. Because it sucks to lose, Gentry. Trey, you ever need to show you anything? Uh, Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. Why? Well, it uh, it fucking sucks. <laughs> Losing. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> That's why I want to win. Because you don't sleep. You want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. <laughs> it fucking sucks. And it does. <laughs> Losing sucks. Now, Rocco. Chris, you get to be in on on these moments here. Do you have a moment over your professional career in the sports world reporting? You got to have something for us. Not necessarily. Oh, like, uh, when a coach oh. Is, no, no, no. I do. I do when a when a coach has like gone off like that on me. Oh first yes, ball, please. When a coach calls you by your first name or last name, you know they're pissed off. Usually, usually, because John Harbaugh on his Monday press conference says he's nice. He refers to everyone as their first name, which which is like, I guess, a term of endearment there. But I covered Nick Saban in Alabama. Zach, Zach knows I covered the Iron Bowl, right, Zach? The Iron Bowl. I'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. Cover the exactly. Iron Bowl. Zach likes to bust my balls about that. No, but covering Nick Saban is like the closest thing that has come to that. I, I never you you would always like ask him a question and you'd get you'd get the look. And once you got that look, that dude had you locked in. If you messed up, if you asked the wrong question, it was game over. It was game over. Like you were getting the horns, you were getting the the laser eyes, like it was done. So I had a few people I know that asked Saban questions, like maybe not even bad questions. And he just went off on them because that's just Nick Saban's thing. Usually he's trying to kind of create a message for his team in the locker room. He knows his guys watch the, uh, watch the news, watch social, social media. So yeah, but my uh, the dumbest moment probably in my reporting career asking a coach oh, a question yeah. was back in college at Temple. So Temple, best season in Temple football history. They were undefeated to start. They hosted Notre Dame college game day. It's a fantastic year. They go to the AAC championship game and they play Houston. So all the talk was about Temple potentially building an on-campus stadium. Houston had one. Temple goes out. Uh, Greg Ward Jr. just torches them. Temple ends up losing the game. I forget what the score was. I don't remember if it was close or not, but I know Greg Ward went off in that game at quarterback. After the game, I was instructed by my sports director, student sports director at the time, to ask Matt Rule a question regardless about an on-campus stadium. So 
what my dumbass did was I listened and they just lost the biggest game of their season. Matt Rule probably lost the biggest game of his career at that point in time. Everyone's just down in the dumps asking about the loss. And I go, uh, you know, hey, coach, like Houston, great atmosphere on campus stadium. What are your thoughts on uh, Temple potentially building one in Philadelphia? And just the room got radio silent. Everyone oh, just kind of like turned their heads, shook their heads. There's a guy I know that that still gets on me about it to this day. And <laughs> it was just one of the lowest points of my career by far. So I, he could have gave me the Mike Vrabel answer. I wouldn't have blamed him at all. But he was, Matt Roll, love him. Very nice about it. He's just like, you know, not, not the time and place to talk about this. I wish he ripped you a new asshole. I really <laughs> the did. The time and place. You were, oh my God. Dude, I, was, I, really, I was going to say, Matt Roll is like way too nice. Like he was probably the best coach to ask somebody like, Oh yeah, question like because he is super nice. He's like super one of nice. the super nice coaches. But like, imagine asking Belichick a question like that. Dude, if I asked Saban that, imagine if I asked Saban oh, that or Belichick, no. I'd be dead. Yeah. You probably wouldn't dead. have a job. As yeah, a not, you would not be here. <laughs> that would have been so insane. Like, I think Matt Rule just thought like this is a dumbass student reporter that just doesn't know time or place. So I'm gonna be yeah. nice, let him down easy, but. He could have really came after me, and he didn't. So shout out to Matt Rule for that. When, when no. you do, when you do get yelled at, we we we're having an emergency press conference. Yes, it's because I want one of those like the Mike Gundy, like come after me, I'm forty, and oh I want him to be God. yelling, and I want it to be like your question. If you know, it'll be it'll Mike be my Gundy. goal by the end of the year too. I still got all of 2024 to just ask one of those questions and get yelled at. I don't think I don't think I want to do that to uh, Harbaugh or Brandon Hyde though. Guess I'll stay, keep that one in the chamber. Hey, and even if it's not, maybe if it's even a player, you know, maybe a friend of the program, Tyler hey, Wells. Nick maybe Nick maybe to Nick hey, Moore. Never get on the podium, brother. I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, dude, if you get on the podium, I'm coming for you. What what has to go down for you to get the post game press conference? Like, I mean, I'd have to do. I'd have to do the touchdown. Strip it, score it, throw the ball in the stands. Have Antonio Brown my uniform on. That would be me on the on the podium. Post I was like sitting there. I was like, what would Nick have to do for them to be like, okay, people, we won on the post game press conference. Starts it's, with it starts and ends with the touchdown. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Was, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, oh, you would have to because they, they did lot. not even they didn't want anything to do with me and Sam when we hit the NFL record kick. And we've had multiple game winners since then. <laughs> Nothing. It's all it, Tuck <laughs> it's does all, a good job of bringing us in, but never is it like, hey, let's get Nick and bring him over. <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait for some if it's a, a moment for you and someone's like, you know what? And this isn't at all possible without Nick Moore specifically. Did you see him go down there? After, Dude, I'm gonna, after he I'm snaps it, I'm gonna ruin his moment. I'm gonna be like, so Nick, about that uh, bad snap in the second quarter. Can you talk to me about that? Right now? <laughs> Not going well. We don't want the, any of them. But that's just like man, that's gonna no, be. Nick just got the game-winning touchdown. Rock yeah. was like, <laughs> so we noticed you uh, hit the ground on the yeah, first like, punt you put out. Is there anything <laughs> going through your head right now? I could have tried harder on the celebration, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, seriously, Nick's holding the Super Bowl trophy. Rock is like. Not your best performance in the second quarter. Are you anywhere upset about this? Nick, so what you do to me, I probably would be frustrated. Yeah. Just well, got to do better. Shit. Oh, all right. Well, the point the point of all of it was going back is one day Rocco's going to get ripped. But it, it's a tough time for the Tennessee Titans right now. But it does not sound like they're giving in. And the Titans no. are one of those teams where you're sitting there. I'm like, damn, 
I don't know if I want to be playing them, especially the final game of the season. Why we're bringing this up is the playoff scenarios are pretty wild in the AFC right now. It's that the Bills could be the two seed or could be eliminated from the playoffs if the the Jags um, – what they need the Jags to win and the Steelers to win, I believe, is the scenario yeah. to be eliminated. Yeah. Actually, I have it right here. This is how crazy it gets. The Bills clinch the AFC East with a win over the Dolphins. Buffalo clinches a wild card berth with a Steelers loss or a Jaguars loss or a Titans or sorry, a Texans Colts tie. That seems a little bit unrealistic there, but you're going to see this. The Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars are all fighting for the AFC South division title. Now the Texans and Colts are playing each other. Colts win. It's simple. They're in the Jaguars. If they lose are most likely out of the playoffs entirely. And then there's Isn't the Buffalo crazy? Bills. It, it's it's wild. All that math is so crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Shows you just how wide open the AFC is. Like, everyone's so close that a team can literally get the two seed or be eliminated in the same weekend. That's what I talk about with, like, you lose a game in week mm -hmm. five. Yeah. Talking about it here in week 18, and it could define your season. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I mean, talk about all the time. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are with it, the fact that, so I, I honestly, if I was making a pick for this weekend, guys, I know it's kind of late in the program. I'm I I'm kind of taking Tennessee. I think They're Tennessee what, at Jacksonville or at home. It is at Tennessee. Ooh. After Vrabel just talked about how much he hates losing, he's not gonna lose. No way. They've done a lot of losing this year. Yeah. I know a couple of guys on that team. It's been a rough year for them. It's uh, been rough, yeah. but you think you think enough's enough, right? Enough is enough. Yeah. I think Titans win that game. I would love to see CJ Stroud and the Texans get in, especially with the year. But yeah. one way or another, I mean, the Colts. How about that? The fucking Colts. The Colts are in with a win or a Steelers loss or tie. Mm -hmm. wow. Tremendous to think, especially when they lost uh, the, their starting quarterback and Anthony Richardson and, and Minshew Mania maybe isn't as alive as it as it was a couple of years ago. He's doing a really solid job for their squad. And um, when your quarterback wears those yeah. jorts, when your quarterback wears jorts, you're going to be good. Like Did you see that video with facts. him and Max Crosby? Max Crosby. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> little ass boy. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Max Crosby's angry. He keeps calling me little ass boy. boy. Like, what's his deal? So like when J.J. Watt told Ray Rice, I've eaten burritos bigger than you on that wire. <laughs> <laughs> and you That's took cool. that and it's taken personally. It, it, yeah. it was it was taken personally. He probably has eaten Speaking of, speaking of game picks, uh, Ryan, uh, I, we've been – keeping track of his friend of the show has been keeping track of all of our records. I don't know. We weren't probably going to call this the games this week just because they're next to impossible because people aren't playing, blah, blah, blah. If anybody gambles on any game this week, you are a degenerate. I will be, I will have money on every single game. I can tell you that. Right <laughs> well, hey, well, but, every single one. I, Go ahead. I ultimately first touchdown. Okay. So hold on. Go I just ahead. wanted to tally it up because Zach, uh, Zach, myself and Ryan have been making game picks all, all season long. And Ryan, you did come out on top. I know. Wow. Well, thank, so, uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Friend of the friend of the show. <laughs> 147 games to two or out of 217 guessed correctly. I was 141. So I was I was six behind you. And Zach was terrible. Good, you know, dude. That's solid. I yeah. see Brad, guys on Brad, ESPN that are I'm like two and, and twenty. <laughs> What's up, Rock? I think I'm 0 and one. You I are kept fall, yeah. I kept falling in love with the backup quarterback this year. I think I'm twelve and four this year. 
I always pick my guys. Pick. And we're 12 and 4. So. No, you're not. You're 13 and 3. Goodness. Oh, oh, Jeez Louise. So, first, he wants the Browns to win the Super Bowl. trying to get the Steelers to win this bad content for me. It's making me look really bad. Zach, we need a screw it Nick Moore compilation. Is that what Sam yeah, Fra- is Sam Fran twelve and four? Maybe. Oh I'm yeah. Good. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Oh Nick. Eight, eight, yeah, because we've only eight, lost eight. to the Colts, the Steelers, and the Browns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh Nick. Zach, oh, you, Nick. you uh, I'm thirteen and three. Then my bad. Sorry, guys. Fuck. Zach's right. percent- <laughs> What's my percentage, Brad? We need to delete that. Okay. Ninety-six and one hundred and sixty-three is Zach. He's fifty-nine. Oh, out of a hundred. Okay. I thought I got one hundred and sixty-three. Right, right. I mean, time. Ryan and I should go to Vegas to be honest with you. Yeah, Ryan got six more games right than I did, but we were—I was sixty-five percent accurate, and Ryan was sixty-eight percent accurate. Y'all picked every game this season. We did. I I joined like halfway. Just about. I think we missed like yeah, pretty the good. first week. We might have missed the first week, but we we were hot. And, but the games that we do know, the Texans, Colts is going to be a a tight one that Steelers Ravens still is going to have obviously huge implications. I mean, it's Steelers Ravens. Yeah. And it's, and it's still the rivalry. (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. And the Ravens actually in 2019 beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore with the starters being rested or, or some of them. Uh, Then you got that Packers bears game where the bears are looking to ruin the Packers season. Once again, the Packers have a chance last game of the season to get in. Time will tell what will Another happen divisional there. Divisional opponent game that they're going to play. Yep. So mm-hmm. there is some fun there. All right. Uh, I think one quick thing, Brad. Well, because we're 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 way over time. Like we're yeah, it happens the way the cookie crumbles. Rock. It's great to have you back in. We have the full house in here, and for everyone that's tuning in, I appreciate um, you guys all being here. Um, and I was actually thinking about this. We, we uh, this was talked about before. Real quick though. I guess it was last year, Brad, when we talked about games with playoff implications, their own implications. I mean, yeah. Nick, you you were there last year where it was, that was a weird it was, that was a weird situation. Yeah, right. So, like, Very what? Well, how do you prepare for that? You know, last year was kind of unprecedented. I think in the mm-hmm. NFL with the coin flip, and if you yeah. win, it's this, and if you win, it, you know, whatever. So that was a different time for a lot of people. Um, but I, I think you all you can really focus on is what's happening right now. And, and as a as a team and a player in the NFL, all you can focus on is this week. Mm-hmm. Try to win this week, win this play. You know, it's, it's, we always talk one play at a time. That's kind of the cliche thing. But I think it's so true because you can get caught up in the scenarios and like, where are we going? And, my, you know, yeah. your parents are like, where's the game going to be next week? We want to go. And there's a lot of shit going on. And it can easily get your mind taken away from what really matters. And it's going out there and playing your best and winning the football mm-hmm. game. Because if you don't win a football game, then you could potentially be out of the NFL and it not matter. So I think most guys would probably agree that all you got to do is lock in on right now, focus on what you can, let the let the chips fall where they may when it's all said and done, and try to do the best you can this week. Yeah, that's that's all you can do, and it's a hard thing. But if you don't win or take care of business, if you're in a game that you got to you know hopefully win to have any chance, you got to take care of business first. On the other case, too, there's things where, hey, you're in, but you're along for the ride and see what the hell happens, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and for some of these teams, like we're seeing, the Lions are probably locked into the three seed. They're going to see what happens. And, you know, the Rams are going to be the six or seven seed, but they're starting Carson Wentz, you know, whammy. There it is. The, you live with it, I guess. 
Uh, all right, let's do one baseball note here because it kind of kind of involves the other team in Baltimore, and then we're gonna get out of here. Is that okay with everyone? Is that let's react? Is that okay? Right. All right. Well, here it is, real quick. Uh, John Morosi, MLB Network, was talking about, and everyone noticed that Chris Sale, and he actually just signed an extension with the Braves, gonna get a little bit more money for the upcoming year. But when are the Orioles gonna make a move? And and we keep hearing this. And it's not just the speculation. Now, John Morosi went on MLB Network in the last day or so to talk about that the Orioles could very well be in on Dylan Cease or very high on him, but there also is a sleeper team. So take a listen real quick. Let's get to Dylan Cease because I think after we saw the glass now move to the wow. Dodgers Dylan Cease is now the top arm available on the trade market it's just not one year it's two years and that was it not playing because it was playing on my side no it was playing it was, fine. It was playing yeah oh oh okay. Brad yeah sorry has been previously a Cy Young Award finalist. Now, the one thing the White Sox could do is take this up until the trade deadline of 24. If Chris Getz and his front office team believe that Cease's value will increase, you see what he did between 22 and 23. Of course, the ERA came up, but the strikeout rate is still strong, and he is someone you see it there, Madden Herald, 30 three starts it's a very important number the durability a crucial quality right now for dylan seats as i mentioned earlier on in the show the baltimore orioles are a top suitor for dylan cease one team though i'm watching carefully and harold referenced them earlier the mariners now you might say well why would the mariners be involved in trying to trade for a starter they've got arguably the best depth of young starters in all of major league baseball but one thing that they have not been able to do yet is land the major free agent bat, in addition, of course, to, to Mitch Garver. So perhaps their strategy could be get the starting pitching in, which then allows you to move a Bryce Miller or Brian Wu for an impact bat via the trade market. And, that, and I think that is an option. You think about the Rays with Yandy Diaz and the group of bats that they've got there. Stay tuned for that two-part move potentially by the Seattle Mariners. All right. So there you have it. I, and this is all, this is nothing new to Orioles mm -hmm. fans in, in ways that we've been hearing the connection. Dylan Cease, Orioles, Orioles, Dylan Cease. Are they going to pay up what the White Sox want? And just to give the context of this, the White Sox don't have to do anything. If they have a price set, they might stay with that because why would you want to lower that at a point where it's you don't have to be desperate? You can hold on to them, go into the season, and then go into the trade deadline where teams are going to be in the hunt and are going to need Dylan Cease. That's, that is the reality. The only thing is if you can't get a deal done now, that maybe you miss out on the opportunity. That's the fear for some teams. Now, for the Orioles, we've talked about in the past, for everyone that's joined in, the Orioles are really not going to stoop down. Michael Elias has a value. If the value's here, they are not going to take it any higher, and they're not going to lower their expectations unless that price is lowered. And if it's not that, Michael Elias is saying no thank you. No, I think why do, what is there that Michael Elias has done not to trust him and his talent evaluation? He has a plan. I think they stick to it. Like you just said, I don't think the Orioles are in a position where they feel like they have to go oversell in prospects to get a guy like Dylan Cease because they have so many prospects and they know teams want to call them 
to get those prospects. So as much as, you know, it's, yeah, the White Sox don't have to do anything. The Orioles also have leverage in the fact that they are so young and have so much talent that they can shop for pretty much anyone. You know, Jesus Lazardo down in Miami, there are other options where, you know, if the White Sox don't come down, they're like, okay, cool. That's not the only option. We can go somewhere else. And I think that gives Elias an upper hand as well. I mean, if we're talking about a trade partner, the the Marlins actually are mm -hmm. very intriguing. Talk about yes. some arms. And, very. And that is something Kevin is being from it. They they do have some young players. Yeah, they have they, some really good young prospects. Yeah, you don't have to, if you're the Orioles, you don't have to act from a, a stance of, desperation i mean elias has had this plan forever he's executing it and while we talked about you know last time i was on we talked about kimbrell being on and then josh Hader, and why that's not the move right now the move would be for a starter but you're gonna have opportunities and then when you get to the trade deadline if you're the white Sox, maybe there's another team that is in desperation but that that doesn't have to be the orioles because there are other options out there you don't you don't miss out on everybody right you want to make a move somewhere mm -hmm. i think but still Dylan Cease is awesome. It seems like it's like it was the perfect marriage based off of what could happen. Yeah. But if you have to go up to a level where you're not comfortable and give up one of these untouchable prospects, and so many people say, you know, okay, this guy's off the table, that to me isn't worth it because the plan is not just for a, this year. The Orioles have much longer than just this year to compete. You know, they have their whole future ahead of them. Yeah. So I'll make this point. And Kevin, I understand we need, we need arms. It's not desperate, it's facts. And how is Cease not a premier guy? It's not saying I believe that Cease is going to bounce back. I believe that Cease is a high-end guy that can be that can anchor your rotation, can be your ace. But the point with the Orioles are whether people like it or not, they're not going to go and jump out there and overpay with prospects when they feel like they're still trying to figure out a few of their big names. I think in July, still stick with it. July, they'd be willing to part with more guys because I think they'll have a better idea of guys that were big league ready or on the cusp. And that's where I think it stands with Dylan Cease. And on the flip side to it, if Kyle Bradish pitches like he did last year, you have another Cy Young candidate. I think Grayson Rodriguez makes the jump. And then you have John Means hopefully being healthy to go with a guy like Dean Kramer. So, yes, it's a really good rotation. Dylan Cease would take it over the top. Lazardo is very interesting. Been traded already a couple times. He's always intriguing to me, young players. But again, this is, if you're around Baltimore, we're watching it. They are not going to, if what the White Sox are asking for, and I think that the, what they're asking for is a lot. Mm -hmm. Which they should. Which, I mean, which they should, yeah. exactly. He's, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, He's really, he's really good. good. So if the point is, if they're asking for a lot, then we're not, then they're not going to, uh, not going to, to overpay. And, and quite frankly, the Orioles have guys, they have a lot of bats. We understand that. <laughs> Did someone trade. chuck? Yeah. Did someone say trade to take trades at Adam Jeep? Well, hey, we'll make a trade there. Or everyone, if you want to make a trade up there, I'll be a part of the trade to come up there yeah. to help with that process. <laughs> you see that sign back there? There we go. If someone, if right. someone buys that Jeep, I will go up there and be there for that. If we yeah. set up the time, you can count it right here. Perfect. Damn, we should see that. I would go see that, Nick. Nick, we'll I'm get in. you in the Jeep. We'll get I'm you in, in the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, I'll get in the there Jeep too. and we'll go to Royal Farms. Yes, there yeah. will be so <laughs> much. And we'll get chicken, Ropo oh. chicken and coffee. This can be all. This whole day can be yours if you just buy. And it. then Kevin, Kevin can try a burger yeah. with an egg. No, I'm doing the salts. 
Yeah, no, he's doing, doing he's doing sniffing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's smelling salts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gonna see how Kevin's body reacts to it. <laughs> it's like a science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in for it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, it's gonna fire him up. It's gonna be great. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna. Uh, be, it's gonna be I I can't wait. This could be the end of the Ryan Ripken show as we see it. Um, last thing just to cover. Why don't we extend our our guys? That could be a whole different conversation, Kevin. But I will say for everyone saying, Gunner, why don't you take the money now or Adley? Who, who is Gunnar Henderson's agent? <sighs> Scott Boros. And does Scott Boros take guy. any type of discounts? <laughs> no, no, he's gonna no, he's never take him. No, so that that's he's gonna me. get his. He's gonna get <laughs> so his. so the two guys at the Orioles I'd like to see extend. Adley's gonna have one shot at a big contract, in my opinion. Gunnar can have two, but unless the Orioles overpay, and I mean overpay for a young player that they're putting a lot of faith into, that is just not in the cards. I love Gunner. I you people have heard me talk about him. I love Adley. I love these young players, but that it takes two to tango. And I do understand from what I've heard, the Orioles have inquired about it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to match the offer that those players are looking for, and rightfully so. That's the business of the game. The only team that gets away with signing guys left and right is the Atlanta Braves, and that can be for a different day. <laughs> or they just sign everybody because they have some sort works. of – It just works. It's unbelievable. It just works. All right. All right. It's time to get out of here, though, guys. It, we've we've had a long enough show. Uh, we had full some house. Fun. We had some fun. Did we have some we fun? Did. We, we did. Some fun. I think we did. It was a I fun show. You said the tone. You said we were going to have fun. Yeah, I thought we had, we fun. had fun. No fun. Yeah, no, <laughs> fun. no fun zone. Zero fun. Zone. No fun. Rocco's yeah, back. Rocco took his tie off so we could have fun. He, he was free for us. Yeah. Thank you, Rocco. And one day, by the way, I don't mean to throw you. I, who's taller between you and Rocco? Kevin? I don't know, Rocco. How tall are you? Oh, no, no, no. no. Uh, don't say. Don't no, say. Don't say. Just, uh, this is another Ryan Ripken I've, show. I've said it here. I've said Sub it for debate here. how tall I am. Oh, another thing. We're going to go against the Adams Jeep wall right here and we're going to measure <laughs> it against the wall market against oh, I, I say I see who's taller than the sign I say I'm, <laughs> I'm five nine and a half on a good day five nine and a half on a good day everyone else thinks I'm five six I thought okay. you were going to say everyone else. I'm 5'8 on a good day <laughs> oh Rocco do you uh, Ron DeSantis it and wear the boots on camera He's like a five eleven. Show up in like five inch heels. That's Nick. That's a good idea, though, man. I like honestly, like I need to. I need to reach that like six foot mark. Yeah, I saw something. uh, Somebody called him out, and because he was wearing like cowboy boots at one of the debates, (laughs) and uh, he was they they were giving him a hard time because they were like, "We all know you're five ten, dude. Don't say you're six foot." (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, I can't. Can't wait for our dress code: black, uh, black collared shirts, everyone. cowboy boots, and then we are going to measure if Kevin or Rocco is taller than that. <laughs> this sign. is the content you tune in for. Yeah, this is why you tune in. This is why you tune in. Well, you know, also by the way, I didn't realize on the YouTube channel now we are available to offer memberships to do even more behind the scenes stuff. If people actually want to see that, that could get a little bit wild. Uh, no, nothing it, crazy. It could. Yeah, it could. Yeah. I, I have a, wild. I have a good suggestion. I think. Kevin does smelling salts, and him and Nick do the Oklahoma drill right after. I need some I time. Fly. He might win right yeah, now. I was gonna say. Like, <laughs> How do we get that past the yeah, yeah, I need to. I need to get healthy, <laughs> and then it. we can revisit this. That can be your first hurdle. All right, Nick, you're ready for contact. <laughs> or, Kevin, or we, you, do, Kevin. we do the conditioning test. Oh, oh I'm done with that one. <laughs> 
I told Carbs, I was like, there's no way I run that test again. I just want to get that out there because I blew my Achilles out running that fucking thing. Was that oh, when you did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He got rid of it. All those, all those other guys like Odell and them, they didn't have to run that shit. Well, you yeah. took one for the team. You did. Yeah, yeah, as Nelson Aguilar would say, I walked. I ran so everyone else could walk. <laughs> and they, they all got to do 50-yard striders, and I fucking over there running our damn conditioning test. And blew oh, my, my God. It, it was tough. That was our God. I could you imagine, though, the conversation Nick has to call John Harbaugh? Hey, so you know rehab was going really well. So, like – on the Ryan Ripkin show, they asked <laughs> if I want to do smelling salts and then do an Oklahoma drill. And with it blew out. Eight, some five yeah. guy. It blew, it blew out <laughs> again. Harbaugh looks up at just, it's you versus Kevin. He's like, what, what did he want to prove here? Oh. What could he want to prove? Just trying to be great all oh the time. Oh, my God. Yep. I, oh. Chuck. Chuck. Chuck it. Come on, Please use man. the wall. Chuck won't clear the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on let's count real quickly one two three four oh man to think, to think i was becoming a jeep guy and then the you do this jeep. to me this hurts this is insane. the fourth jeep from so it's the second jeep from the top but i think you're right i don't i don't, I don't oh no that's the fourth never mind my no, no from the bottom the way bottom there's one jeep at the bottom so one two three okay it, it goes so back it'd be and the forth. top yeah, it, it alternates back and, back and yeah. forth yes you might Goodness. be right Unfortunately, right on the right side. I don't. I don't clear that sign. This I don't is... clear that sign. God. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. All right. For everyone for 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 tuning in, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Ryan Ripken Show. You can listen to it on Apple and Spotify. We have out. We will have the live stream up on YouTube right after this. So you can watch them. We'll have some videos clipped, and we will be back next time on Monday. We'll have a full playoff picture under or set. In the NFL, hopefully there will be some more baseball news, but it's the offseason. But we might have some some smelling salts, some Oklahoma drills, and possibly a measurement at the Adams Jeep sign for the Ryan oh, Ripken show. We also do next time Nick is. And Nick, you didn't know about this, but me and you have to arm wrestle next time. Oh, Aaron. next time? Yeah. Okay. I need some we time to prepare. It. Yeah, we I saw the it. comment about it. Yeah. Nobody said names. So. Yeah, no, it was. I put it on Twitter one like, and I would uh, challenge you to an arm wrestling kind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, that was pretty easy. And then I liked it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, uh, for, for Ryan Ripkin, Nick Moore, Kevin Ostriker, hey, Zach go. Bollinger, Rocco, and Brad, uh, thank you guys for stopping in. We will see you on Monday. And, you know, maybe new saying, I, I like to do it on Fridays. Have a day, have a night, have a weekend, and we will see you on Monday for a new episode of the Ryan Ripkin Show.